This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Of course, a lot to talk about. Your calls are the primary element if you make them. Start things out here by talking about government pensions, and then we'll get to uh, the the wild, so-called Wild West. Uh, but first, we're going to your phone calls, actually. Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. Tom, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know what would really be wicked funny? You know how you got these terrorists out there that are, they, they would bomb a plane if they could, but they, you know, any packages that are being shipped on that plane, they have, they have to go through a bomb detector first. So that foils the terrorists, but let's say they decide to wire up the bomb to a gadget that detects when it's going through the bomb detector, and that would activate the detonator, okay? Mm. So then they would shut down the operation that way, okay? And then uh, when they get back into business, they, uh, they'd have to, they can't put any packages on the plane because they don't know if there's a bomb in there, and they can't put them through the bomb detector because they don't know if there's a bomb detector detector inside the package. So they have to put all the packages through a bomb detector detector detector, and they're, they're working all merrily away, putting all these, bomb, all these packages through, and the beep, 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 oh, check this one out. Oh, sure enough, good thing we did this because this one's got a bomb detector detector wired up to a bomb inside it, and good thing we didn't put it through the bomb detector because we that would have happened again. So then the terrorists start wiring up the bombs to bomb detector, 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 detectors. And <laughs> I when think the you've lost me. The bomb detector, detector, point. detector. Then th- that would blow that up instead. Yeah. And so then, then when they get, they get back into enough. business. Sounds like a fiction then, book. Thanks, Tom, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. You know, at the very beginning of the call, kind of was interesting, the idea of well, setting up some kind of bomb to go off in the screening area or wherever they're screening the baggage to have that essentially blow up the baggage screening area, that would do a whole lot more than just take out an airplane. That would take out the entire operation of the airport. They'd have to shut down the entire airport if you were to uh, blow up something like that. Not trying to give anybody any ideas here, but that would be a pretty devastating attack. I mean, if they can't screen any bags... They're not going to allow any planes in or out of that airport, so you'd effectively take out the entire airport. So the airport. government's made the airports weaker by doing the um, detecting the screening. Bomb, bomb screening rather than making them stronger. It's a, certainly a point of weakness that would result in the entire place being shut down, don't you think? You're going to give Homeland Security ideas to start screening everyone everywhere for bombs and grocery stores and their homes. <laughs> they, I'm sure they already have that idea. They just don't have the manpower or the personnel to do it. Yeah. They, uh, they thank goodness, you know, they just don't have enough. And they would, if they could, go out to, I know, they, I know they tried back in Indianapolis a year and a half ago to screen people at bus stops in the city. And so they tested that out. And I, I don't know if they're still doing it or not, actually. So who knows where they're going to show up next. Toll-free here, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So, story is from Forbes here, talking about the pensions of these government bureaucrats and how sweet they are in this time of economic slowdown in this uh in this uh, right here in our radio industry mark i don't know if you've seen the news but some of the radio companies have been slashing pay they've come to their employees and said hey uh, we'll let you keep your job but you're gonna have to take a five or ten percent cut in pay you want to keep working here 
And, of course, if you love radio enough, you'll take the cut and you'll keep working at the station. But we've seen things like this going on. Obviously, some businesses completely going under, others slashing their costs as much as they possibly can. Because, well, in the real world, in the in the semi-free market that we live in, if you're running a business, you've got to do what you've got to do to keep the doors open. Whereas if you're government, well, you can just keep stealing money from people in order to keep propping up your current pension system or your current uh, your current way of life. And indeed, the story from Forbes uh, points out that these guys are doing pretty well for themselves. Don't let anyone tell you the American dream has faded. The truth in the U.S. is, the truth is, rather, the U.S. is still minting lots of millionaires. And Glenn Goss is one of them. Goss retired four years ago at age 42 from a $90,000 a year job as a police commander in Delray Beach, Florida. He immediately began drawing a $65,000 annual pension that's guaranteed for life is indexed to keep up with inflation and comes with full health benefits. So, retired at 42. That's pretty good, right? Most people usually plan at retiring around their 60s. Isn't that right? Jeez. Well, and, likely what what he's going to do, and this is what many um, you know people that work for the government do, is you know he's going to stop his job at forty two, uh, you know retire at forty two, and then he's going to go on and get another, another government job. job. Indeed. And then he's going to have two government pensions. That's what our uh, buddy Fred Parcells here in Keene did. He retired from the police force, got his pension from that. At least as I understand it, if he's listening and wants to correct me, he can call in. Uh, but one of the politicians, former politicians, he's not here the only in one Keene, I've ever heard of doing that. I mean, oh, I absolutely, it's. And so now he's working as a housing inspector for the Keene Housing Authority. Yeah, so, I know military can retire after 20 years, and a lot of military people go in, come out, and uh, retire <clears throat> retire after 20 years, and then go right into an, uh, another government, government that, job. That's afterward. why people love government jobs, because of the benefits. I mean, a lot of people understand that they're kind of crap jobs, but the benefits are great, and so they put up with it for 20 or 30 years, or however long it is, and cash in. In fact, this guy, Mr. Goss, promptly took a new job as police chief in nearby Highland Beach, Florida. One big lure? The Bennies. Given that the average man his age will live to 78, Goss is already worth nearly $2 million based on the present value of his vested retirement benefits. Looked at another way, he's a $2 million liability to Florida taxpayers. Says, when I got a job at 21, I knew it was a dangerous profession, but then I'd be rewarded on the back end. Uh, being a police officer is not a dangerous prof- profession. And when you start looking at the 10 most dangerous professions, ca- taxi drivers, uh, linemen, workers, uh, you know, uh, bus drivers, from no, taxi drivers, I can't remember. Um, the cop, I don't think, was on there. Well, they like to think that it's a dangerous profession. They Makes them feel good about themselves. Maybe deadly is uh, probably the term I should have used. I don't know. It could be dangerous. It is uh, not one of the top ten deadliest jobs. The benefits back then, he says, weren't anyone anywhere near what they become today. The problem with this picture is not Glenn Goss. By all accounts, he was a good cop. The problem is there are millions of Glenn Gosses from Highland Beach to Honolulu. So many, they pose a vast, debilitating burden to state and local finances. They're creating a nasty social problem as well. In America, in case you or America, in case you had no is divided into two nations, the 22.5 million-strong public sector, and that includes retirees, is growing ever larger and enjoying ever greater wages and benefits, often guaranteed to them by the state constitutions. So when you've got a situation where the government is having a tough time with its finances because, well, property values are plummeting, as we are seeing across the country, and that means that property taxes aren't bringing in as much as they used to, and the government, if it has to, uh, the government people, if they have to cut something, they sure can't cut the benefits 
because, well, they're mandated to provide those. Their, their own set of rules says they must provide them, and plus, their buddies would get angry at them if they cut their benefits. So that's, you know, that's one of the things they just won't touch. They'll touch some of the programs, and they'll cut some, you know, some teachers out here and there. They'll, they'll cut what they can out of their programs, but cut the benefits, cut the pensions... No way, because they understand that eventually they are going to collect those very same pensions, and why would they want to slit, uh, slit their own throats? They've no incentive to do any of that stuff. They look after each other. It's, it's, they certainly do, especially in areas where the governments uh, are smaller. I mean, in the, the smaller areas, they know one another, whereas if you're in a someplace like New York City, at least then there's 300,000 government employees, and they can only know so many of one another but nonetheless we're actually going to talk about new york city here in a moment they'll give you some statistics from there it's not to say that it's uh, everything's all fine and dandy there uh, indeed the private sector or in private sector america your job assuming you still have one hangs on the fate of the economy if your employer ever offered a pension for life like young officer goss gets to receive odds are it has stopped doing so or soon will those retirement accounts you scrimped and saved to assemble, unless they're invested in treasuries, they aren't doing too well. In private sector America, the math leads to the grim prospect of working longer and living poorer. So those of us that, you know, the vast majority of people who are working in the private sector, our jobs aren't protected, whereas the people that are working for the, uh, the slave master, they are. In the public sector, things just keep getting better and better. The common presumption is that public servants forego high wages in exchange for safe jobs and benefits, but the reality is they get all three. Yeah. State and local government workers get paid an average of $25.30 an hour, which is 33% higher than the private sector's 19, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Throw in pensions and other benefits, and the gap widens to 42%. It's more interesting numbers about how much these government bureaucrats really are siphoning out of your pockets. More coming up. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com features including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. They're right there on the front page of the website for your download and convenience completely free at freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you use the discount code FTL. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. Just a few more thoughts on this Forbes story about just how well those government bureaucrats are doing. Tough economic times for the rest of us hasn't touched the bureaucrats. They are A-OK because their pension plans are, st in many cases, state constitutionally mandated. They've got it down in their own laws, uh, their own set of rules that says that you don't touch the pensions, buddy. And, boy, they are some nice pensions. Uh, the this, this story started out by talking about a police officer, police chief down in Florida who retired at age 42, co started collecting a $65,000 annual pension uh, with health, full health benefits and uh, index to keep up with inflation. Then went and got himself another full-time job as a police chief in a different town because, well, he's going to get benefits there, too. And, of course, 20 years later, he'll retire again and be pulling in something like, oh, I don't know, $120,000, $150,000 a year for doing absolutely nothing. 
And, of course, somebody who defends the state would say, well, these are our heroes. We, they deserve to be taken care of when they get older. Well, why is it that the police deserve to be taken care of more than the garbage man? Why is that? Because it's supposed to be the other way around. I mean, the whole notion of the police officers, you know, is they're supposed to be risking their lives for civilians. Supposed to be at least serving. in theory. Right. Yeah. And so, in theory, the civilian's life is, should, you know, is, should be valued more. But it's it's really the other way around. Well, the the the, the fact is, um, if we were able to see in a free market what these people were worth, I would have no problem with compensating them to what they are worth. However, when dealing with a, a union, which the all of just about every government employee I've ever heard of is mm-hmm. in some kind of union. When dealing with a union, the taxpayer doesn't have a choice. The union is represented in a much uh, more, uh, a much stronger position than the taxpayer is. The taxpayer doesn't have a union. The taxpayer doesn't get to say, oh, no, that's crazy. That's too much. We're not willing to pay that or whatever. Yep. It's just the town, so you've got bureaucrats arguing with bureaucrats over what bureaucrats should get paid. Well, I think the bureaucrats can agree that bureaucrats should get paid well. Yeah, well, as long as you're going to raise the pay of those other bureaucrats, you need to raise the pay of these bureaucrats yep. here, then we'll, be, we'll all be fine, right? While all of the rest of us are impoverished ever more as time goes on in order to keep food on these people's tables. Because, well, what? They're, because they're just so piss poor at handling their money while they have their nice $90,000 a year jobs that they couldn't sock anything away for themselves? I mean, why should they? They have no incentive to, re- to save for retirement. They don't have to. They can spend every single, every single dollar they earn in their years as a working government bureaucrat, and then they continue making a, a decent fraction of the amount that they were making in a pension for doing absolutely nothing. So the government bureaucrats have no incentive to save their money. They have no incentive to do as the rest of America must do, and that is be a, as wise as possible with their finances. And the people who are setting their salaries aren't doing it with their own money or their own budgets. I mean, they're essentially no, they're doing it for political money. Reasons. You don't have when you're yeah when you're not spending your own money, you're not going to use the same discretion. You're, they're doing it for political reasons. I mean, imagine that you're a city councilor. I mean, obviously it's it's hard to imagine this, but imagine that you're a, a politically connected city councilor, and the police union comes in and says, uh, "Yeah, we'd we'd really like to have uh, an increase in our pensions." Well, if you vote it down, then guess who's going to oppose you in your next reelection campaign? The police oh, yeah. union. And what politician wants to have the police union endorsing his opponent? None. So, speaking of uh, government bureaucrats and what they're getting paid here, a few more interesting numbers from the story at Forbes.com. Before you go on, I'd like to uh, quickly rattle off the top ten deadliest jobs in America. All right, sure. From Um, according to who? uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics or something? This is hubpages.com. They claim to use... Uh, workplace death statistics, workplace fatalities in the U.S. I don't know. Okay. I don't have it uh, right here. It looks it looks legit to me. What can I All tell right. you? What is it? Um, fishermen. Number one. Number one, fishermen, loggers, wow. number two. These are deadliest or dan- most dangerous? Most dangerous jobs, but it did use... Got it. Okay, let's call it dangerous. Uh, fishers, fishermen, uh, timber workers, aircraft pilots. Mm, wow. Structural iron and steel workers. You, you know, you, all these guys hanging iron, it's always a dangerous job. Mm-hmm. They're up, they're up uh, high. You fall off, you go splat. Uh, refuse and recyclable material collectors, so garbage men. Garbage men. Yep. Hmm. Far more dangerous than police officers. Farmers and ranchers. Roofers. Electrical yeah, power I installers, as I said. Cable, men, um, cable guys. Linemen. Uh, yep, linemen. Uh, drivers, root sales, and truck drivers. So pizza deliverers, vending machine uh, fillers, other root sales. All those things. And taxi drivers and chauffeurs, as I had mentioned previously. Let's go to the phones and talk to Renee listening in North Carolina. Renee, you're on Free Talk Live. 
Yes, I just wanted to thank you all for bringing up this topic. This has been on my mind, and I don't feel a lot of the other hosts have been bringing this up. Y'all are hitting the nail right on the head. All these people we call public servants who supposedly are so gracious the way they serve us and make such a (laughs) sacrifice generally make way more than people who do comparable work in the private sector. Mm -hmm. And whenever sacrifice is called on to be made, you know, the president's get up there, you know, it's going to require sacrifice. But you know what? You have to sacrifice. called on to do the sacrifice are the people who work for the government. I could kiss you guys tonight. (laughs) We'll give you radio radio kisses. (laughs) 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 Hey, great call. Thank you so much for making it tonight, Renee. And I share your concerns. Uh, It's absolutely the case that these people are parasites. These government bureaucrats are parasites. And they can just suck off as much wealth from you and I as they want to. And, you know, know, it's interesting. The, The... they're they're mandated that they get these pensions within their own rules. But if people would just stop paying, then they wouldn't be able to get the money to pay their pensions, would they? <laughs> if we would just uh, you know have some kind of tax revolt, some kind of boycott to say, go to hell, you know, you, you learn how to save your own money. We need our money right now, especially in uh, down ec- uh, economic times. We need as much of it as we possibly can get. Screw you. You know, if you're so valuable, then maybe we'll set up a charity for you later on. You know, poor, pathetic government bureaucrats who couldn't save a retirement charity. We'll all uh, pass the hat around for them and set, you'll throw a few bucks in there so they can keep some food on their table. I don't feel sorry for these people at all. I was hearing the same thing about teacher salaries. You know, public school teacher salaries are actually pretty disproportionate to the market as compared to other teachers you mean like private school teachers that and that and also just comparable if you look at the comparable sorts of jobs they can get with their skill set you know based on their training their skill set if you look at what the sorts of jobs they can get with that it's uh very disproportionate compared to that and that's what bugs me is this notion that you know well i understand people say well teachers are so important to you know the next generation and so that may be but but the the point when it comes to deciding their salaries is what who is who has this the ability to do that? How much training does it take? Because most jobs out in the private sector, if you have to spend a long time training and educating yourself in order to do that job, and you have to mm-hmm. spend a lot of money on your education, that's those are the sorts of factors that set the salary for that job. You know how many people are able to do it? Because what's the demand you know, in the marketplace too? I mean, how exactly. many people are looking for those services? If there's a lot of high, you know, if there's high demand, low supply, then those guys are going to get paid pretty well. Uh, but we don't know what these people are worth because they're not working in the free marketplace, and we really don't have any idea. More on the way. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Schiffbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. 
And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. They include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. Lots to talk about, serious issues, the fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you, do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. 800-259-9231. A little more here from Forbes.com about the bureaucrats and how much they're getting paid. Story is yeah. they're making 33% more than uh, the, the average state and government local, or excuse me, the state and local government workers get paid an average of $25 an hour, which is 33% higher than the private sector's $19 an hour. And I can tell you, I don't know very many people that, that make $19 an hour in the private sector. Just because most of the people I know are younger, I guess. Right, I guess um, that, that would be my uh, contention, too. Now, I, I, I agree with you that, uh, that definitely bureaucrats, uh, state, local, federal, they all get paid um, you know, based on a system that does, is not indicative of the market and likely, in my opinion, higher than uh, you know, they would in a free market system. However, I think it's unfair to call them parasites in that um, they do provide services. For instance, if you're a garbage Some man... Some do. Some do, some don't. If you're a garbage man working for the, uh, you know, the the municipality, and you get all these great benefits, mm-hmm. and a lot of times uh, the municipalities actually hire out waste management or something like that. So, yeah. you know, they're they're not actually uh, municipal workers, but sometimes they are. If you um, you're doing work now, you may be doing it for more than you would be in a free market, and likely right. we would find that was so. But that doesn't make like you're not a parasite. Parasite I- does nothing for the. Uh, um, the host creature. I would say the vast majority of the services they're providing are more harmful than helpful to us. I, I look at, for instance, the police, and every now and then the police will, of course, and this, the, the attention will be on this, every now and then the police will catch a real violent criminal. You know, they'll That's do true. something like that. Most of their time they're spending harassing innocent people. They're, they're enforcing the drug war. They're giving people tickets for when they haven't harmed anyone on the road. Things like that. And teachers, for instance, this is something I, I, I'm so tired of glorifying teachers, of everybody glorifying teachers. Public schools are little jails that are crushing Pretty much. the individuality of children. And that is not a service that I want. You know, that's like offering me, that's a, that's like, uh, offering me, you know, you're taxing me, taking some money from me and saying it's not theft because I'm giving you something in return. And in return, I'm going to kill some random people for you. I'm like, I don't want you to kill anyone for me. <laughs> you know, that's not a service. You know, it's, uh, and that's you know that's why I look at a lot of what the military is doing right now. They're going over and and uh, killing random people and calling that a service and making people hate us more. And we're, they're crushing the souls of our children. They're har- the police are harassing innocent people. And all these are called services. And I I'm sorry I don't buy that. I think Mark, you're right when you say that the, the the term parasite isn't exactly correct, but in most of the case, in many cases, it is correct when they are providing services that I would otherwise contract for. If they're saying, "Well, look at all these services we're providing you," well, I don't want most of your services. Yeah, I like having roads to drive on, and I like the idea of having my house protected from fu- you know burning down. I well, understand I, all that, but and I understand that um, you know the fact is that the the existence of police does keep a certain level of crime down. Down. And, you know, just the fact that they... You don't exist, have any cops in your town. 
Okay. I disagree. I you mean, I think there might be some deterrent from police being out there, but I think there's far more crime being created. I mean, the 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 innocent people that they arrest and go, that go to jail are more likely to commit crimes later. The cops there's, don't make those laws, yeah. though. I mean, uh, okay, fair enough. They're the tip of the spear. Yeah, they they are the tip of the spear in that um, in that respect. And yes, in my town there are no cops. Zero However, cops. when you call, you will get cops. For New York City's 281,000 employees. 281,000 government bureaucrats in New York City. Average compensation has risen 63% since 2000 to $107,000 a year. How much has your pay risen over the last decade? Tell me the numbers again. For every one of their employees in New York City, the average compensation has risen 63% since the year 2000. How many people get that kind of cost of living increase? Out of the same job. job. <laughs> New Jersey teaching veterans receive $80,000 to $100,000 for just 10 months' work. In California, prison guards can sock away $300,000 a year, including overtime pay. Four out of five public sector workers have lifetime pensions versus only one in five in the private sector. The difference shifts huge risks from government to private sector workers. New York City socked away $20,000 per employee last year for pension benefits. Since 2000, its pension funding bill has risen ninefold from $615 million to $5.6 billion in 2008. That's more than the city spends on transport, health care, parks, libraries, museums, and the City University of New York combined, according to their budget commission. $5.6 billion in pension funding for 2008 alone. These benefits are so sacrosanct and such a source of union power that labor bosses have turned them into the third rail for New York City politicians. Touching them is suicide. And that uh, goes back to what I was talking about earlier. You do anything to hurt the pension of the bureaucrats, then they rail against you in your next election campaign. And we all know that in a local election, the turnout is very poor. Uh, turnout can be as low as 3% to as high as, you know, 17% in many local elections. 17, but that's a pretty that's big a really turnout. big one. And, 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 and as a matter of fact, the reason for that turnout likely that you're talking about is because um, the I, bureaucrats. I, I would think that you're talking about some election that's going on above that, too. So they happen to show up for the local election. You know what I mean? Maybe. Either way, the bureaucrats are the bulk of the people that will come out and vote in any given municipal election. And so you are essentially signing your own death warrant as a politician if you go after these people's pensions. And indeed, uh, that goes for the benefits of not only existing workers, but of future ones as well. The mayor of New York City said, we have far less to spend on core services, such as public safety, education, parks, and senior centers. He says that defies common sense, and it's hurting the city. Despite its huge contributions, New York City's five pension plans had only 74% of what actuaries said a year ago they needed to pay future benefits. The recent financial meltdown lobbed another 30% off the fund's value. If markets fail to roar back... Taxpayers are going to have to step in to save the day. Better believe that. After all, public pension benefits are enshrined in the law. Don't you wish your 401k was? Yeah. You know, <laughs> my wife was just telling me about her uh, 401k. I guess the company that we have it with, uh, um, Chase, uh, you know, they give you the, I don't know, account maintenance for free if you have more than $10,000. She was looking at her statement. Suddenly there's some new charge on there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because her 401k dropped below $10,000. She had more than 25000 in it at one point. Wow. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, the way the way the market's been, that's exactly what's. And that was just from like a year and a half working for the state. (laughs) Well, the recent markdown, uh, the recent market meltdown erased a trillion dollars from municipal pension funds, according to some retirement figures. That's left the average public plan 35 percent underfunded, with benefits inexorably rising. The shortfall will balloon to 41 percent by 2013 if stocks and bonds stay at their current levels, meaning that there would be an unfunded liability of 1.7 trillion dollars. And that's a lot of money that taxpayers are going to have to pony up. And, of course, most taxpayers will do so. Because, well, they'll throw you out of your house if you decide you've had enough of paying for these lazy government bureaucrats' pensions. (laughs) I've just... When are people going to have enough? When is enough enough? When is it going to be that the private sector workers are starving... And these government people are having lavish, uh, you know, lavish amounts of money and, and food and, and things and, and nice houses to live in, while the rest of us are having to live, you know, ten people to a house. Obviously, that's not happening yet. But what if it comes to that? What's it going to take for people to stay to say to themselves, "Huh, maybe I should try keeping some of my money and see how that works out." It really does grow like a cancer when there's a when there's a, a dearth of money when suddenly their property values are shooting up like in California and they started getting a lot of income they started raising ongoing spending and then when the money goes away they just want to tax more to keep yep. it at that rate so it grows when there's a lot of money and it doesn't shrink when their money goes away why would they want to shrink it what incentive do they have to shrink any of their budgets none whatsoever so the only way it's ever going to happen is either through the political process, which doesn't seem like it's going to do much. We'll give you an example of that here in a little bit. And, of course, take your calls about whatever you want. So I don't think politics is going to change this situation. I think people are just going to have to say no more. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Enjoying the program? Well, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that over at amp.freetalklive.com. For as little as 3 bucks a month, we take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board and introducing new people to the ideas of freedom. And you get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, chat room, forum, and more. All the details are at amp.freetalklive.com. Looking forward, hopefully, to announcing a new radio station tomorrow night. As a matter of fact, all thanks to the Free Talk Live amplifier. So amp.freetalklive.com. We continue with your phone calls, and we go to Dave, listening in the People's Republic of Somewhere. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian Dale and Mark. Good evening, guys. Hey, da- uh, Dave, well, what's talk about the... Uh... I want to talk about uh, Free Talk Live, the AMP program, and the Free State Project. Okay, here you are. Uh, Go ahead. Maybe I'm off in this, but I thought that by amplifying, one would be indirectly supporting the Free State Project. I see. That I think you so. are indirectly supporting the Free State Project in that they are constantly talked about on this show. Your amp dollars okay. are, are your amp dollars are being reinvested into Free Talk Live, getting Free Talk Live on more radio stations. So the more stations we're on, the greater the exposure for the concept of the Free State Project. However, that would not preclude the Free State Project from using their ad time to ask you for more money. Okay, I'll buy all that. So in this case, I would like to offer the following uh, February Festivus airing of the grievances with you guys. <laughs> okay. What it is. Well, but Dale is exempt from this. Okay, Called in thank a couple you. nights ago <laughs> and uh, talked about the Free State Project for a minute. And later in the show, 
Mark, Ian, and Sam uh, singled out my call and said that I was an example of somebody that would not be attracted to the Free State Project. Well, because of the uh, uh, the the statement of uh, you guys get the liquor laws fixed, yeah, and, and the liquor laws, and I'll move. That was pretty much what you said. Well, you know, I'm not really so well traveled, but I've been to a few states, and I have been to Ontario, and you know, they're a socialist country. Yeah. Well, when that... I found out that you guys had socialist liquor laws there, really threw me for a loop. I agree. Well, every state hey, in the look, country you know, has socialist something. The, the, the yeah, here's I'm not de- not going to defend New Hampshire's liquor laws because they suck. Um, that's okay. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to talk about that. I just want, wanted to know why you said that I wouldn't be attracted to the Free State Project because Wednesday when I called you, I had my old cabinet sitting in my living room. Tonight I got new cabinets that I'm putting in because I got to sell this house before I can move. <laughs> And so I you did. are. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you were saying you were only willing to move after the laws were repealed. Now it's sounding different. Now you're no, saying that you're no, willing I to. I asked, is that one of the things that you can do? Hey, dude, I'll, I'd move there just for the the freedom to not be arrested for not wearing a seatbelt. Well, that might change soon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, to, to actually be able to go two weeks means a great deal to me. You know, I'm an older guy. Well, um, that that's that's real demonstrable freedom. If I misunderstood your statement, I apologize. What I heard was a person who uh, was saying, "Look, I'm not going to move until you guys fix your liquor laws." That's what I heard. And you know, to that. Well, uh, no, I was just asking, could I do that? You can or do would that you can move re- whatever you want. You can <laughs> move whenever you no, want. No, I dude. mean, no, or would that be you know like a disqualifiable? I got to figure somebody's looking at this list. And calling people up and marketing and say, hey, you about ready to move? You did make the pledge on such and such. Not no, yet. No, we could use your support. Not yet. I wish I wish that uh, people were making uh, those telephone calls, and I'm trying to set something up, uh, you know, with the help of Jason Osborne and um, to get that done, but it's it, it's been a slow road. It's oh, my understanding I, that... Maybe I could come there and get a job. But anyway, I, I do want to con- continue just a second since we talked about AMP program. Yes, sir. With more of the airing of the grievances. I love that. Last month I sent you guys real dollars. I gave my little my uh, $3 contribution yes, sir. in real dollars to you. And you cashed them out. Now, I've got them sitting in front of me right now. I was going to send them in, but I, I was hoping that maybe you could use them more towards marketing and promoting... You know, I mean, like, hey, the first three, get, when you get them, the first three guys that call up and, or that sign up for AMP, get one. Something like that. Anything. I see what you're saying. Just use it to market the program instead of cashing them out. Yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from on that. Uh, you're saying that we should somehow take the silver dollars that you contributed and use them as some sort of uh, perk to get people yeah, to get excited. Yeah, use it as a gimmick. Yeah, I, I'm just not motivated. I mean, I honestly, I'm just not motivated to do that. Uh, the the money oh, that well, comes Mark, into AMP is uh, is spent on various different things, and I I really just uh, right now my focus on AMP is to try to get the automation system completed. I'm just busy. I'm busy enough just trying to process them all by hand. I've got 25 emails sitting in my AMP folder for tomorrow morning, and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to process every single one of those by hand. Eventually, uh, we're going to have that system automated. We're working, been working on it for three years now, and hopefully it'll be complete at some point this year. So I just don't have time to deal with with stuff like that. I appreciate the suggestion, though. 
Oh, okay. I just thought maybe Mark come up with some cheesy scheme. Hopefully well, the show I'm is valuable for, enough. I'm all for schemes, but uh, as the, uh, the the problem with the AMP program from my standpoint is I don't get a penny of it. So uh, the, the the you know coming up with a scheme, I'm I'm busy focusing on ads and those kind of things uh, to you know put actual money in our pockets so that we can feed ourselves and pay our mortgages. Right. Uh, that we appreciate. I guess neither one of us has a mortgage. That. We appreciate okay. the uh, the contribution, sir, uh, and uh, thank you for the the concerns. Anything else on your mind tonight? No, I'm all good. You Very guys good. have you. a great evening. Thank you, Dave. Ho- hopefully the AMP program just on its own is incentive enough for people to get on board. Uh, I don't know if... Well, he just wants more people on, in the AMP program. Yeah. I mean, the, the, God bless him. I'm sure. sure. So do I. The it's... idea, though, isn't to run a contest with the AMP program. It's not to uh, give things away, necessarily. The idea is to just collect a simple $3 a month uh, amount from each individual that wants to support the show because we've they like Free Talk done, Live. We've certainly done uh, promos uh, in, you know, for... for you gave we... away a book to the amp- Amplifiers once. You gave away five John Grisham novels to the Amplifiers once. Yeah. So there's the occasional thing that... if. It's it's dropped in our lap, and it's easy for us to do. We'll throw something out to uh, to the amps, but it's really a very... And if you have a limited resource of something, and you have to figure out a way to, to divvy it out, it makes sense to put the ampers at a higher higher up on the priority list. Yeah, and the we, ampers get preference uh, of any of the listeners. There's no doubt about that. And when you say easier that. for us, what you mean is easier for you, because I had to uh, send out all those right, books and all that other thing. stuff. You would have to send out the silver pieces the gentleman sent in. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right, 800-259-9231. Let's continue. This call is Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. What's on your mind tonight? I was talking to my friend Jake, and he had a very good idea for some civil disobedience that we could do. Um, It involves when the bureaucrats frisk you. The idea is um, when they start patting you down that you start uh, rolling on the floor laughing uncontrollably because it tickles, (laughs) and they won't be able to pat you down. Oh, yeah, they've never had any tickling uh, civil disobedience before, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, it's peaceful, I thought you were going to say put tax on the inside of your pants pointing out or something like that. No, they look <laughs> that for things be, like that. Yeah, that would be bad. Normally, don't do that. Anyone who's listening, that was a joke. <laughs> so you're saying that if you get pulled over on the side of the road that you should roll around in the street? Well, no, if they start, you don't have to roll on the ground, but if they start frisking you, you can just... Um, uh, curl up and start laughing uncontrollably, and the cop won't know what to do because you're not um, being aggressive towards him. You're laughing. He and, would certainly be confused. You know, There's no. I would. I would imagine he would be quite confused as to why you were doing I think that. The, I think that laughter is pretty powerful, and it's amazing what a smile can do. You know what I mean? I think it's certainly better to uh, to laugh than to get angry. I would absolutely agree with you. And I think the confusion would just be absolutely hysterical. You should try itself. it sometime. Let us know how it works out. Oh, absolutely. Anything else on your mind tonight, Alex? Yeah, just uh, real quick, real briefly, this Lou Rockwell article, a, uh, it's a, a conversation between a student and a teacher. The student goes, where's the bailout money coming from? The teacher goes, it comes from the taxpayer. The student goes, but if the taxpayers have money, then they would be spending it, especially since it's a buyer's market, right? And then the teacher goes, I remind you, the problem is complex. Hmm. So... <laughs> Very interesting article. It's called uh, Sitting In on Bailouts 101. Thank you, Alex, for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Dan in Indiana. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, gentlemen. How are we doing today? Great, Dan. What's on your mind tonight? Oh, well, you know, a couple of things. I was listening to last night's show, just caught a bit of it, and uh, I wanted to uh, say, you know, that gentleman that just called Dave from Parts Unknown, uh, I wanted to kind of... um, 
help him out as far as letting him know that uh, when I get there, I'll fix the liquor laws. Because I got a doozy, <laughs> a one for uh, handling the you know, open container thing. I didn't want to let the cat out of the bag, so uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll zip you an email on that later. But what I wanted to call really about was uh, uh, Milford. <laughs> Milford. <laughs> um, I'd like to nominate it as part of some kind of a program, or what do you want to call it? Awards, if you can use the word awards, for the most repressive town in New Hampshire. I want to find out why. Hang on, Dan. We'll bring you back. Hour number two. Why Milford? Why is that the most repressive town in New Hampshire? 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up what you want. Hour number two is on the way. We'll talk about the, uh, the Wild West and give you an update on some uh, some tyranny that we've been experiencing up here and what the tyrants have decided to do about it. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching an hour number two of the program. You can bring up what you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Hey, there's our music again. And there it goes. And so we go right back into your phone calls and talk to Dan in Indiana, or excuse me, Indiana rather. Dan, uh, you're back on Free Talk Live, and you're going to tell us that you believe that, or you would like to nominate a particular town in New Hampshire as being the most corrupt. Why? Well, um, I get it just what I've heard, just the, the, as far as the most corrupt. And thanks again for holding me over the break. Appreciate that. Um, just what I've heard about what's been going on in Milford, just the way that people have been. been um, been treated and stuff. These these activists. Uh, um, well, I'm sure I don't know if they're any worse. I mean, you're ref- you're referencing the fact uh-huh. that a couple weeks ago, two activists were arrested in the courthouse. Dale, you were there to yeah, experience. And, and Charlie this. got roughed up. Yeah. You know, right? That, they, that's what I'm looking at. Really. They hurt a very young, uh, a very yeah. young, somewhat skinny uh, man who uh-huh. is uh, was roughed up by the police. Was. Uh, yeah. Miss, they they really they threw him up against a wall basically, and they twisted oh, yeah. his arm behind his back, and uh, they're they're really just a bunch of bullies. Uh, but that's kind of well, there are cops everywhere that'll behave in that particular right. way. And and to Milford's uh, credit, we just had Libertine on the show. I think it was last night in the first hour, and she was able to get out of a open container charge in that very same court. So uh, there have been a few with hits. the help of the judge. I I picked on Judge Crocker. I even drew a comic strip about her and made her look really tyrannical. She did say something that was pretty tyrannical at one time, but I would say, you know, you compare to Judge Burke here in Keene, and uh, she isn't arresting people for not standing. That's true. Um, uh, there was activists uh, yesterday right. were not standing in her court, and she didn't even say anything about it. So she she, that's it. the right way to respond is just ignore it, and that's what she did, and it, and, uh, it wasn't worth making a big deal about, and uh, so right. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, she's... I, and again, like uh, like Ian said, she uh, she actually seemed to handle Terry, uh, Terry Libertine's case in, uh, in with you know she was rational <laughs> and sensible about the whole thing. It was not worth uh, making a fuss over, and she just apparent it sounds like she just dismissed it. Basically, and you know, it to, wasn't uh, worth it. to Judge Burke's credit, in Keene, the district court judge in Keene, New Hampshire, he has been up and down. I mean, sometimes he lets people slide on things, and then sometimes he goes crazy and, and cracks down. So. I hope it's just that sometimes he's one way and sometimes he's another, but it seems like he 
uh, someone's gotten to put a, it seems like someone put a bug in his ear because to start cracking down because they felt like we were going to start getting out of hand. I think, well, I, I don't know. The, that's just the impression I have. I'm totally um, speculating. But I that's think the, I'm thinking it too. Well, what I think it was was that most of the people that had gone before me into his court, the activists that had gone before him and then had had success, had been able to walk out as free men after you know going in for speeding ticket. In the case of uh, local activist Nick Ryder, in the case of David Cruz, he went in for no registration and he was able to walk out with what was called a suspended fine, meaning he didn't have to pay anything at all. Um, so the, the judge Burke in those cases let those guys essentially walk out and they didn't have to pay anything so that's right success after really success impressive. but then on the uh, the arraignment for the couch case with my situation i started to ask uh, tried to ask a question right out the right out of the gate and he didn't like that i wasn't playing by the the rules of the court basically and that's when he threatened me with arrest and then the second time when i went in for the trial i again started to make declarations and and to try to ask a question right out of the gate and he did not want that to happen so and i because, think they were anticipating some of the things you were going to ask because you sure had sent them some letters you had spoken to the couch the enforcer probably the big thing yeah and yeah. who knows and i assume they read the forums oh, someone sure does do. someone oh, reads yeah. the forums and tells the judge and things and uh so they probably anticipate some of the things you were going to ask and did not want those asked on film in the courtroom exactly so i think yeah. that's what happened and i guess we'll see what happens coming up here on the third of march here in Keene. there's going to be a lot of activity going on you've got andrew uh, andrew carroll one of the activists uh, who was recently arrested for marijuana possession he did a marijuana civil disobedience protest. He's going to be in court on the 3rd. Mike Barsky, who we had on the show briefly last night, is going to be in court because of the Freedom Fest situation. Oh. We had a little uh, we had a little get-together here in Keene a few months ago. I can't believe that's still going on. It's so ridiculous. Right. They're trying to charge the organizer of the event with some sort of un- unlawful assembly without a permit crime. So he's going to be appearing that same morning. Plus, Rid- Dave Ridley from RidleyReport.com is going to be there trying to force the issue and do some civil disobedience on being able to record with a video camera in the courtroom. I'll add to that however many dozens of activists show up and whatever it is they decide to do. I know Sam from the Obscure Truth Network is going to be there with a video camera, and he's going to refuse to shut his camera off in the lobby. So mm. you're can, looking at all kinds of action Can here. I make a suggestion to yes, the sir. listeners? Uh, that's going to be, what, two days before Liberty Forum. That's correct. A lot of people are planning on coming up here for Liberty Forum. There's Andrew's trial on the 3rd, yes. and there is all of that a is rally on the, the next day about the New Hampshire secessionist... Uh, the line in the sand, Prop- Bill? It's, yeah, resolution. It's just a resolution. And... Uh but that's supposed to be – they're trying to make a really big rally out of that, and it, and it sounds like it could really turn into a really big rally. So good reason to come up to the state early. Come a little early. Come, come a couple yeah. days early, get the opportunity to come out here to Keene, maybe on the 3rd, and explore the western part of the state. Then maybe on the 4th for the rally, you can go up to Concord and see what's going on up there. Yeah. And then on the 5th, that's the start of the Liberty Forum. I, I'd be glad to – we can get some people to put together a little tour of Keene or, or something for people yeah, who want to come out a little early. And, uh, it could be Keene right after the, the Liberty, the Liberty yeah. Media Cap of the world now. Hey, Dan, thanks for the try- Yes, Yes, sir, go ahead. I'm sorry. I wanted to try and leave um, here in Evansville. You know, you guys know I'm, I'm moving up there, and I want to try to get here, uh, get you know, get from here a little bit early and stuff so I can make it up there on the 3rd because I've had a couple ideas for, uh, uh, I don't always come up with ideas for, for protests and stuff to help out with that. Uh, I think you probably read some of what I wrote about it on, on, the, on the freekeen.com's forum. But... Um, I really would like to, but but uh, getting back to what we were saying about uh, earlier and stuff, um, I guess whenever it comes to nominating a town for 
the most repressive. Yeah, I am on the outside still looking in and everything. Yeah. So I, I, I can't say that I'm a hundred percent objective as far as as far as looking at it. I mean, I guess I might have to have my feet on the ground there in in the in the area. Uh, somebody in Keene that's been smacked around a lot would say, "Oh, well, Keene's the worst." Or yeah. somebody up in in Manch would say, "Oh, man." Well, I, I'm stage, certain there know? are little tyrants. I would say they might. One know? thing you can be certain of is there are little tyrants in every town across yeah, yeah. the country. Dan, we we'll look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire. Thanks for the call tonight. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. We'll look forward to seeing you here if you are interested in getting active and interested in achieving liberty in your lifetime. You can come up and uh, experience the Liberty Forum. It's happening in uh, the first weekend in March, the fifth through the eighth. It's put on by the Free State Project, which is a, a great concept. It's a brilliant idea. The idea is to move as many liberty-minded individuals all to the same geographic region as possible. New Hampshire was chosen, and so far over 666 people have moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. And so more are coming, hundreds more on the way, and hopefully you'll be a part of it. Head over to freestateproject.org to learn more about it. That's freestateproject.org. In fact, a quick update uh, before we continue with the calls on the Judge Burke situation. As you know, they threw me in a jail cell a few months ago because my tenants had a couch in their yard, and I refused to move it. I also refused to uh, – to, I, I apparently sat too slowly in the court and refused to answer a couple questions, so they sentenced me to 93 days in jail for that. They let me out after the first weekend after I begged for mercy and got out with a suspended sentence, which is now over. It's now done. The suspended sentence is out of the way. And uh, apparently to celebrate the fact that the suspended sentence is gone, we have heard from the State of New Hampshire Judicial Conduct Committee. If you have seen the video, and you can see it over at freekeen.com, or you can just look for YouTube, Ian Freeman, Judge, search for something like that. It's got a huge amount of views. Yeah, uh, and you'll find uh, it's on the Freekeen account, and it's the number one most viewed video on the Freekeen account on YouTube. But you'll see what this guy did. He just lost it. He started yelling in his court and just absolutely lost all control of himself. Uh, and it was really, it was kind of embarrassing for him, I think, what uh, what happened there. So one of our local activists, Nick Ryder, who's one of the bloggers at Free Keen, submitted a letter to the Judicial Conduct Committee and f- filled out whatever paperwork they required him to fill out. And he basically said that he thought the judge was out of line. He looked at the the government's own rules, and the government's own rules say the judge shall be patient, dignified, and courteous to litigants, witnesses, lawyers, and others with whom the judge deals in an official capacity. And if you watch the video, you know this guy was anything but patient or dignified or courteous. All that said, Nick Ryder submitted this to this judicial committee filing this grievance, and apparently when you file a grievance with the Judicial Committee, you're not actually allowed to tell anybody about it until after they've made a ruling on it, and now they've made a ruling, and we'll share that with you. Coming up here in moments. I bet you can't guess what they said. (laughs) 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's Free Talk Live. 
dot com. And by the way, those features include live streams, broadband version, dial-up, and webcam versions, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That is listen.freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. Incorporate your business, create a living will or trust, even register a trademark, empowering you, protecting you with common legal documents that people trust. LegalZoom.com, that's LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. FTL is in Free Talk Live. LegalZoom.com. All right, uh, so here's the quick update for you. One of the activists in the Keene, New Hampshire area, Nick Ryder from FreeKeene.com, had submitted a page-long complaint to the New Hampshire Judicial Conduct Committee about a judge in the Keene District Court who just absolutely lost it. Uh, as Nick puts it in his letter, when Ian was appearing in court for a scheduled trial over a property code violation, after Burke entered the courtroom, when Ian's name was called, Ian stood at his chair at the defense table. Mr. Burke firmly and immediately commanded Ian to sit down, being mostly unfamiliar and inexperienced with trial proceedings. Ian asked for a reason he was being ordered to sit and never got one. Actually, I didn't have a chance to ask anything. I think I got two words out of my mouth. At the time he complied with the order, Mr. Burke ordered Ian arrested and taken to another room where the public could not see him as well. And so he goes on to point out that Burke was the person in the only person in the room that lost his calm or integrity. And the New Hampshire's own laws says that the judge is supposed to be patient, that he's supposed to be dignified and courteous. And that man was anything but those three things in well, that courtroom. You know, um, it's always the. Uh when when it's when something's in doubt the 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 benefit of the doubt always goes to the person who works for the government right but they actually have video footage of this so there's there should be no real doubt about this he might have been having a bad day now, you see, now my experience, well, <laughs> my experience being in the courtroom wasn't that he was as unreasonable as watching the video. I don't know if the video is their only evidence, but um, you know, like I, I, you know, watching the video, it's like holy crap! I can't believe it. But there, I didn't get the feeling quite so much that he was being um, unreasonable. I mean, like I, I felt that there were opportunities. Um, you know, the first incident I, I felt was awfully quick. I don't know. You don't think he was unreasonable for shouting and then six seconds later having me arrested? I, I knew that he was going to do it. I mean, it was pretty clear when he came in. You don't in. think that was unreasonable? You don't think he was... You don't believe that he was being impatient, undignified, and incourteous or uncourteous? Uh, you know, uh, yeah. I think he was being all those things. However, I think... Well, then, then that's a violation with, of their rules. I think he was dealing with somebody who was, um, you know, sort of was, was taking a firm stance and being all those all rude at the same time. Uh, I wasn't even allowed to ask a simple question, Sending Mark. a letter to the bureaucrat's house is rude. Uh, why is that rude? Because He's got a mailbox. I sent something to him. It was a very nice letter. I don't know if you read it, but it's available for you on They don't want mail regarding their jobs at their homes because they, it makes well, them feel uncomfortable. Well, too flippin' bad. Stop right? putting innocent people in jail. There you go. Look, the law doesn't say I have to be patient and courteous and dignified, Mark. The law applies to him as a judge, and their own and, rules say that he's supposed to be patient, dignified, and courteous. And let's and be just, real, it wasn't about the letter that he was getting on to you about. It was because you didn't sit down fast enough. Right, I didn't I mean, obey he, him. That's he, what he, he was, literally, he shouted it the very first, he shouted it, he said it, and then within like a second later, he was shouting it at you. Uh, oh, I think he was shouting it from, from the Literally, I think it was a case of, I mean, you just seemed startled. You didn't know what was he was upset about. It was like... And, I was uh, surprised. I didn't expect that uh, out of you, him. You, you, were, you were standing up. Clearly, you were starting to sit down, and you were standing up in response to him calling your name. 
Which is a, which is almost a reflexive thing that people it do. It is. We are trained to do that, yeah, unfortunately. So so, uh, so Nick Ryder submitted this complaint, and it seems like he's got it pretty much down. Uh, that I mean, this he's got video footage of this judge breaking their own rules. But what did the State of New Hampshire Judicial Conduct Committee write back? Dear Mr. Ryder, I'm writing to advise that the Judicial Conduct Committee considered your grievance at its February 13th meeting. <laughs> Following discussion of the issues raised in your grievance, the committee has voted to dismiss your grievance based on a finding of no judicial misconduct. And this is why statism doesn't work. There is no one to watch the watchers. We do not put ourselves in a position of being protected by cr- from criminals when the people we put in charge have this kind of power. We have All we've done is we have given, we have handed, they, they've, we've essentially allowed them a complete monopoly monopoly on crime there's no one who do we appeal to now i mean you can appeal to some more bureaucrats that are all looking after each other and they they have all the power we are powerless against these people they have all the power and if they do anything wrong we are helpless well the politicos would say that uh, you could call your representative deal oh lovely (laughs) or you could run for representative you could try to compete within their system within their rules compete with these people the same people who very clearly had a violation of their own rules and just dismissed it out of hand now, there's nothing wrong with what that judge did. No problem whatsoever. Poof. We're making this go away now. Yeah. So I, nobody's really surprised about this. And I thanked, I th- I'd like to thank Nick Ryder for taking the time to go through this, what was obviously an arduous, boring legal process of filling out whatever f- paperwork was necessary to submit this and then having to wait and not being able to ta- talk about it publicly. Uh, and you can, see the, you can actually see the letters at freekeen.com. So I just figured I'd share that with you. Clearly, the system itself, you cannot use the system to fix the system because the system is inherently broken. Mm-hmm. And I, I still have to give those guys over the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance some credit. They seem to be doing something with the system. They seem to be making some headway. But, man, is it slow and painstaking. And yeah, clearly. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll I um, I, I, I'll have to see. I, 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 I want them to be successful. Me I want too. Them, whatever, whatever works, I'm all for it. Uh, Same I here. Just, this this doesn't work. Going to the judicial committee and asking them to review a judge out of just out of control, madman judge with video footage to to back up your claims. This particular venue of the uh, the state system absolutely is broken. I mean, I, I feel like they they I I, I need to. It, it seems mostly feel good. It's like we they go they get a sense. We of, couldn't of possibly getting have into, any corruption because yeah. we have a committee to handle that. <laughs> Sorry, they get the ear of the bureaucrats, and they get to go and speak at the state house. They get a seat at the oh, table, I and I think that makes them feel very good. I'm, I really don't. I don't get a sense personally of anything to make me feel like there's real accomplishment happening there. I know there's, you know, with real ID, there was a sense of oh, it was held back, and once again, we're just grasping to kind of keep the state from growing super massively too mm-hmm. fast, and we're still just sort of trying to. You know, we're still putting out fires, and we're not. We're not, we're nowhere close to actually shrinking the uh, the intrusive, tyrannical nature of the state. I think a tax revolt would go a lot a long way, a lot faster to actually changing things. There ways off from a tax revolt to, too. I mean, you have to find a way to do it so that it costs them more to enforce it than it does to get them to um to uh, take them to just take it. Because I'm afraid that what that I'm just worried that what that's going to happen is they're going to end up 
taking people's homes and sure. making more money off of it than they would have if we if we just paid taxes. But if there are enough people to protest, then they can't take everybody's home. I think you're yeah you're probably onto something there. But maybe but, I think you may be onto something there. But then homes you've got are pretty a, valuable things unless they're on fire. But then you've got the problem of having to find the people that are willing to put that particular liability uh, on the line. It's a big one. Yeah. So yeah. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, especially uh, people that don't have a mortgage to pay because if you get the mortgage hanging over your head, then all they have to do is go to the mortgage company and leverage them, and that yeah. they're going to roll right over. Uh, more on the way. You can bring up what you want to control of the airwaves on Free Talk Live. Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Schiffbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. And it is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Also, I want to invite you to join Dale over at his website, anarchyinyourhead.com. Great cartoon website with a liberty-oriented theme. Uh, anarchyinyourhead.com is available all week long, but the cartoons are actually published on Wednesday and Fridays. And tonight's is not up yet. I have to finish it when I get home after uh, the show. <laughs> sorry to drag you away from it. I appreciate you coming in and taking the time to do Free Talk Live when you've got a deadline. Uh, so, yeah, head over to anarchyinyourhead.com. Not only do you get great cartoons... Uh, by Dale, but you also get uh, some opinion articles by Dale, which, as you say, are actually turning out to be some of the more popular po- uh, posts on the website. Yeah, some of them are getting cross-posted on Strike the Root and oh, things cool. like, and other blogs. Other bloggers are uh, posting, reposting some of mine. Which is good, because it's going to draw oh, more yeah, people in, they and they're going to see the cartoons, and then hopefully... There are also new designs in the store. New, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, what are some of the things that people can get, uh, get in the well, store? Well, like I have a new Sovereign Individual t-shirt. You can get it with either like, an anarchist symbol or a voluntarist symbol on it. And some um, of them actually feature your cartoon characters as well, right? Yeah. So you can have more serious shirts, or you can have fun. Uh, you can ha- what? What's the uh, what's the cartoon character that looks like the penis? Which one is that? <laughs> it's uh, uh, spotted the, the anarchy boogeyman. The anarchy boogeyman. Anarchy boogeyman. All right. I'm cool. about to make fun of that again. <laughs> Very good. Anarchyinyourhead.com for more of Dale and his thoughts and opinions and cartoons. You're going to enjoy it. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Jason in Florida. Jason, you're on Free Talk Live. Um, yeah, hi, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Jason? Hi, yeah, um, you guys had a caller last night talking about the North American Union. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, that is something that uh, Lou Dobbs reported on a lot, about something they're really trying to do behind closed doors, that uh, Bush, you know, he had, you know, meetings with the leaders of Canada and Mexico and everything, and it's something that they really are trying to pass. Yeah, I believe it. I know that Ron Paul has mentioned that they are talking about such a thing, the idea of uniting the uh, the countries of America, Canada, and Mexico together. However, I think that while the initial stages are being done behind closed doors, just to kind of probably feel things out between the, the bureaucracies, 
odds, you know, the inevitably, it's going to have to become front page news. I mean, they're not going to be able to just join together uh, to, you know, dissolve the United States as we know it or whatever, and then join it together with the uh, the other countries without everybody getting uh, catching wind of that particular occurrence. So I wouldn't be too worried that this is going to just slip in overnight. I think a lot of people are going to know about it if it actually does come to pass. I wouldn't be too concerned about that. Yeah, well, I just thought it was kind of messed up how they're doing it all behind closed doors and not really, you know, everybody, you know, they want you to think it's an urban legend and everything. And, Watch know, for a crisis. Watch for a crisis that that will be presented as the solution to. Oh, yeah. Well, again, they do a lot of things quietly in Washington, D.C. Some things they will do in the middle of the night. They'll pass a bill at uh, midnight, and they they try to make it as quiet as possible. But I don't think that's something they're going to be able to keep quiet. There are a lot of interest groups that are keeping an eye on this, and if this becomes something that they're actually moving toward, you're going to know about it you know, publicly. Think about the Patriot Act, though. Um, the Patriot Act, as I recall, and I mean, I'm, I'm kind of remembering here, but uh, the Patriot Act came into effect shortly after 9-11, mm-hmm. and they whipped that baby up far faster like the, some somebody had the patriot act sitting around waiting for something yes, to happen it, they, like, it was written ahead of time then 9-11 happens and they say yes this patriot act will help here here you go take take one of these and call us in the morning um and that would be the kind of thing that would happen um with this north american union to me i mean if they're if the, but it's they, not going to happen behind closed doors i mean you're going to well, know did the patriot that- act uh, happen behind closed doors I, I don't think so. All the planning is what you're saying. That right. They may already be planning for and then, it. and It was passed before anybody could do anything about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I see what you're saying. Um, I'm not saying anyone would be able to do anything about it. And thank you, Jason, for the call tonight. I'm not saying anybody would be able to do <laughs> anything. heavy breathing, too. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that uh, that there would be any way for an opposition <laughs> to get in there and stop it from happening. I think that when it happens, you're just going to know about it. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying you're going to be able to stop it, uh, because you'd have to have a whole bunch of Ron Pauls in there to stop something like that, and that's not... Obviously, the case in Washington right. D.C. That's the only. I think I'm just that saying you're going to know. It's not going to be silent. There, that's going to be right. talked about everywhere. That, I don't think that the people that uh, you know are very worried about this North American Union. And to me, I I'm not looking forward to the North American Union. I just don't think it's the most important thing that we can be spending our time on worrying about, because the fact is the big government nanny statists are going to be do it, making their plans to do whatever it is that they're making their plans to do, and you saying no, 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 don't do it is not going to help. At all. Not a whit. And what you actually have to do is you have to fight the size of the government it is today, not the size of the government as it might be tomorrow. Right. And if it actually does come to pass, I mean, when the Patriot Act was passed, people knew that it was passed and they knew it wasn't read. They knew about it. It wasn't like it was a total secret. That's all I'm saying here is if they go through with the North American Union, you're going to know about it. And what you choose to do at that point will be relatively important. Will you continue on paying taxes like a good little citizen, or will you decide to do something differently? I think that'll be a, I think that'll be a critical moment for a lot of people. I think a lot of people who have been putting up with uh, many of the depredations of the state, much of the tyranny that we've been experiencing, that might be the line in the sand for a lot of folks. A lot I, of people I, that believe in you know this country and don't want the United States to become part of the North American Union, they may be willing to put something on the line at that point. Whatever your line in in the sand is, and I think pretty much everyone has their line in the sand. Take a moment, solidify it in your mind, figure out where your line in the sand is, and don't ever move it again. 
And I say again because you've probably already moved it. Although I don't think most people have that line. I don't think most people have thought about it because... They haven't thought about it. They sort of... I think they have sort of this notion of a line, but... That, yes, absolutely. Yes. And they'll know it when they get to it, right? That kind of thing? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, uh, if they come and take my guns, unless it's a police officer coming to take my guns, yeah. then I'll give it to them. <laughs> and, and, and if it's an emergency, I'll give well, it to them. Well, who is they going to be if not a police right. officer? <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's funny, and, and you know, I, I, I've, I've been this way. I'm of the opinion that the, the Second Amendment is the, the final uh, right that one has. If one doesn't have a right to bear arms, one has no rights at all. After they take the guns, the trains are next. Right. They start, oh, my line is when they start loading people on trains and you don't know where the train's when going. When they actually turn the gas on. <laughs> That's what my line is. And, yeah, right. You know, the people, they, they, you know, they, they make this big deal about the guns and all that stuff. But the evidence is that, you know, when the disaster strikes and the people, and, you know, they have the National Guard with their M16 carbines uh, coming around and confiscating the weapons, the vast majority of people just turn them over. Sure they will. They don't want to get hurt. You know, I I know that there's got a guy out there saying right now, you won't be me. I kill him when it they already, come to my door for my guns. But it already happened cheap. with Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, it I, already you know, happened. I'd like to think that if they that was almost you know cross my line, test, I'd shoot him too, but I probably won't. They like to test the waters and see. Oh, let's see how this goes, and this and then if there's a reaction, yep. they'll they'll apologize and everything. But they're going to see how bad was the reaction when we took a bunch of guns during mm-hmm. Katrina, you know? And uh, uh, can a we big, handle that? A big we, violent reaction still plays into their hands in most cases because now they've taken the guns out of the hands of a madman. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, that's all that you're going to be as right, far the as cops are heroes, and you're a crazy man. Yep. They, so, read, uh, if, if you know. if you doubt me, read the story of Carl Draga. Now, who's Carl Draga? Carl Draga's a guy, well, I mean, people that read would find That's out. That's who the it's, judge brought up in Lauren's case, right? It's a, uh, is it that long ago? Yeah, the, um, it's been more than a decade that Carl Draga had a uh, property dispute here in New Hampshire, nobody having anything to do with the Free State Project, and he decided after, was it, more than a decade of fighting these people? Did he want to build a dock out into the water I behind his so. house? Something, something silly. He didn't kept, have a permit or kept something? Kept on asking the bureaucrats for permission, and finally, you know, something bad happened, and, you know, he capped a couple of cops, and I think a city bureaucrat and, yes, he did. and they killed him yep they sure did and 10 years later in lauren's trial over not wanting to empty her pockets uh the judge brought up that carl drager wouldn't empty his pockets in a courtroom and then he walked out and later killed someone like that had anything to do with right the, yep he probably wore the, shoes the, like the two incidents Just were like in any way related you know so, uh, yeah, it's a tough situation. If you don't have that line in the sand and it's somewhere, it should be somewhere before gun confiscation, ideally, because by the time you get to that point, it may already be too late. Now, obviously, if people did meet the SS back in Germany with clubs and bats at their front doors, it might have stopped the slaughter of uh, millions of Jews, but they didn't because they were already just so inculcated with the ideas of fear and they were just, they're too scared to do anything about the situation they were being faced with. So you need to get over your fear right now. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line and... It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. 
Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features, by the way, include the Shrine of uh, shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. You can see them over at shrine.freetalklive.com, and if you are a lady listener who'd like to be on uh, part of the Shrine, you can go and get all the details on how to do that at shrine.freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls. John in Canada, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, John. Hi, gentlemen. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, John? Uh, yeah, well, just a quick uh, comment uh, briefly prior. Uh, you know, people say North American Union, we've got to be terrified. Well, you're already uh, most favorite trading status with China. So you're already being, you're already trading on par with, you know, slave labor, kids that, I've seen photographs of kids chained to, you know, it's a horrible place. And that you're true, you, you know, you're, you're losing your freedom right there. Uh, I'm not sure uh, what that's I supposed told, to mean, John. Well, the idea, like if you, if you, tra- if you trade with somebody, in another country where they don't have to abide by human rights or or what have you, as a competitor, you're going to lose because they, yeah, they I think you're look. you're you're kind of collectivizing the entire country of China, and you're suggesting that every factory over there is guilty of certain things. No, 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 and that's no, no. not the case. Minimum wage, say minimum wage. Their minimum wage is a lot less. So their economy is different. Yeah, their economy is kind of uh, you know Stone Age compared to ours. Right, but if you, this is what tariffs on trade are all about, that you've removed. Tariffs on trade are about protectionism for various different industry uh, interests. So that's what tariffs well, if you're are manufactu- about. If you're manufacturing anything, a book, it costs less to manufacture, a lot less John, if, in China. It, it's true, John. If I went over there and I paid uh, $10 an hour to people, I would have everybody in the countryside would leave their job to come over to apply at my place. Wouldn't you agree? Right, and and the American workers would lose out instantly because they can't compete. That's all I'm saying. Well, so, but but you know, they're most favored trading status. You're supposed to that status well, is supposed to be reserved for democracies and people who treat no, people. No, who's going to be buying these really really cheap products if Americans don't have jobs? Right. So, they're, but no, exactly, I'm just saying that not even no, I'm yeah, saying you have any money. It's not. It's yeah, but your your problem doesn't really work as soon as it. It becomes a problem because that's that, that's the that's the way the market works. Yes, we're right. buying stuff cheaper over there, but we can produce our own stuff here yeah, better but it's a, by, but it would because be a, we're not spending money. But the problem with that, I'll tell you what the problem with that really is. If you want to get down to the brass tacks here, what's happening is we are inflating our dollar by printing money and by loaning out money using the fractional reserve banking. And our money is becoming less and less valuable, and we're bu- we're buying everything with borrowed money. Essentially, we're borrowing money from them as well, and yeah. the money that we're going to owe back to them is worth less and less, and they know it. And we're going deeper and deeper into our country. Our, not we. I shouldn't say we. <laughs> the government of the United States is going deeper and deeper into debt, and all these huge economic ra- these economic ramifications are going to have to be. They're going to they're going to rear their ugly heads eventually. Oh yeah. Well, we are we are digging ourselves into a hole. We're buying all this right. cheap um yeah, Japan. Yeah. We're buying all this ch- cheap Chinese merchandise on debt and uh, with deflating dollars or sorry, excuse me, inflated currency that's becoming less and less valuable. And it can't it can't be it's not sustainable. Exactly. Well, <laughs> that has nothing to do with the fact that China's wages right. are really cheap and things like that. Exactly. Well, but like uh, to, that uh, is a real issue that's going to bite yeah. us in the behind. Well, justice, soon. justice is really what everybody wants. Some people say. Who cares about those people? I want you know, freedom. If they, can actually. Get us a, if they can get us a cheaper product, beat them to death for me. Well, for no, Christ that's sake. not. I don't think most people would say something like that. I think that. Well, if you say if you say you don't, you you wouldn't support defending an innocent person's 
property or soul or life or anything, uh, you're willing to, you know, sacrifice. Well, it, Kill them. I yeah, know. Why not? The idea steal that their you, money. What steal does their support property. mean? Steal, steal their home. You see, that's, should I never buy anything from China because one guy in China was chained to a desk? No, no, no. What okay. it was before, what so, it was before is that they had requirements that said you could, a worker could only work so many hours a day. There were rules. And who, who are you Clinton, to tell me how many hours a day I can work, sir? To compete against American workers. It's none of your damn business how many hours a day I want to work. No, no, no. Screw you and compete. your little rules on how, what it takes to compete against American workers. So, I want to work as many hours remove. a day as I want to work, you little fascist. So you you want to remove all rules for Americans? They should be working twenty hours. Americans should be free to do what they want. It is America, isn't it? Eight-year-old children should work twenty. 24 hours a day, then. Why not? Which children are you talking about? Eight-year-old children. Look, which which, which eight-year-old are you talking about, sir? An American child. You want to you want to victimize. You don't want to protect that child. Okay, I think we're getting a little. Yes we're both no. getting a little bit uh, out, out of control here. Let's slow things down for just the a moment. The fact is, eight-year-old children can work in America as long as they work in the family farm, in the family business, or in Hollywood. So it's just the kind of slavery that you say is okay. Should uh, should John should should an eight year old John should an eight year old child uh, be forced to not work for his or her parents in their store, for instance? Absolutely not. I'm saying fair. That's what you have. You have rules that say you know. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Who gets to make the rules on child labor? There are rules in America on child labor. You we want to get rid of those show rules? night after night how That's the right, government do. does not make fair rules. I do want to get rid of those rules, uh, John, and I want to allow each for, individual to decide for themselves how to murder? run their business and how. how murder. I'm sorry? Would you want to get rid of that rule? You say all... No, that has to do with another person violating somebody else's rights. You're not allowed to hurt or steal from other people. Those are the rules. Exactly. So, but in China, they can, and it's okay to buy those goods. No, it's not okay. So, I'm asking you, should I never buy a product because somebody in China was treated badly? Well, people in... That's what the law was prior. If you can prove... I don't care about... How can I prove the Chinese... Just because of the Chinese laws doesn't mean that every factory treats people that way. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying prior, they would send... What you're saying is that free people shouldn't be able to act freely, is what you're saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if free people say murder is against the law... And you have to arrest the perpetrator by following the crime. Right. I don't know why you keep murder. bringing up murder here. We're talking yeah, about it, people it's, working. That's a really bad comparison. John, slow down no, for just a moment here. Is, Mark, I'm going to ask you to back off bad. for a moment here. And, John, I'm going to ask you to slow down for a moment so we can stop and talk about this. Okay? John, are you there? Are you blabbering on? All right. I'm so here's, here's what I want to uh, to point out here. Now then. We're talking about China. We're talking about the people that work in China, and you're saying that you don't think the rules over there are appropriate because some companies have been abusing their workers over in China. Of course, that doesn't mean that all companies have been abusing their workers in China. So how about that companies in America get to decide which companies in China they deal with? Companies in America understanding that their clients, people like you, John, or in, I guess you're in Canada, but the countries, uh, the companies in our section of the world get to choose which companies in China that will manufacture their products. And because they know that people like you are concerned, John, they will choose the companies that aren't abusing their employees. They'll choose the companies that are treating their employees a little bit better than the rest of the companies out there. Do you see how that could poss- be a possibility? Do you see how that is the case today? For an honorable person who would, who would uh, you know, want to earn an honest dollar but a ruthless you know mercenary do you believe you don't realize that there are ruthless people in government that are taking advantage of their positions i said the business 
Right. We're talking about in business. No, I understand that. And I'm trying to tell you that government is not different and does not fix that problem. How many government of isn't the... a person. It's, you... it's a group of uh, lots of laws. What stores, of John, are... what stores in America and Canada are stocking products on their shelves being manufactured by these ruthless people you're talking about? Which ones? Go ahead, well, name some names. Uh, which stores? Hmm. You sound like you've uh, well, done research it, on this. It, it, you it, you it, act it, like you know what you're talking about. So certainly right, you know you're... what I'm talking about. Okay, so uh, who what, is it? What product are you talking about? I mean, you we, yeah. you you can't tell us you're not aware of uh, you know the poison baby formula or the uh, uh, the toys from China that are uh, uh, toxic with lead. You the know about that? Poison f baby formula didn't make it to the United States. Actually, it did. Look it up. It's not from China. It's manufactured yeah, in your I think own it, country. Yeah, I think it ended up at like a flea market or something like no, that. No, so no, 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 Do you this have an example of a product that is sold or a, a major ma a manufacturer that is selling Chinese, products yes, through a major retailer? Yeah. Well, you, but now you see how you, you got to – oh, I'm going to change the rules now. Now it's a major retailer. You haven't They're, named anybody yet. Do well, name you haven't name the flea market name stall doesn't first. really name solve us. the problem because I don't know where the people in the flea market stall bought their stuff. However, when you're talking about a major retailer, I can decide not to visit that one. Right. So, I mean, if which you're one? trying to impart, impart this important knowledge to but us, which know? is that fascist Chinese people are hurting people and chaining them up and stuff, you should come with some facts. But, but how would you know which store? Uh, that is selling candy was manufactured in China. Now, okay, you're so you're admitting you don't actually well, have on. anything. Hold you're on. admitting, John, you have absolutely no answer to the question. Thank you for the yes, call. Goodbye. Uh, like what I'd like to point out is that there are people who are a lot more informed than John who are very concerned with so-called sweatshop labor, who are vetting these stores. They are vetting the Walmarts and the Targets of America, and they're finding out who their manufacturers are, and they're checking them out across the seas to make sure that they're up to certain specs and up to certain standards. Walmart and Target and all these other companies that are selling Chinese products, they don't want to be caught red-handed using slave labor, so they have their own quality assurance. They have their own department that that vets these companies to make sure they're not the companies that John is talking about. And since he couldn't name anybody, clearly there is no problem with any of this. Hour 3 is coming up. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch here into hour number three of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about tonight here still uh, to come. Mark, you're going to tell us about the Wild West. Or maybe it wasn't so wild after all. But first, we'll go to your phone calls. Cliff is on the line in Miami on the amp line. Hello, Cliff. Hey, evening, guys. What's on your mind tonight? Yeah, I want to talk about the last guy that was calling about the sweatshops in um, China, supposedly. Um, I'm not saying that there are no such things as sweatshops in China. But um, I work for a company basically that manufactures uh, plastics, metals, and PCBs, you know, like the green things inside uh, computers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, the, the companies that we work with in the U.S., They'll actually send quality agents out to China to check out the uh, the the, uh, the factories where we're building the uh, the actual parts. So what actually, are they looking you know, for when they check those factories out? They're checking uh, quality standards. They're checking for um, uh, the, the employment standards. They're uh, checking for 
uh, basically, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, our, our, our uh, employment safety, basically all the, all the above, because, yeah, they do know that. You know, for a fact that all, 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 uh, any kind of journalist would need is a ticket to China, film, <laughs> film, a, uh, film a factory uh, that's, that's pretty much deplorable, and come back and put it on, put it on as a 60-minute special. As a matter of fact, you know, 60 Minutes did do something like that uh, recently. And basically, it's, it's, it's not widespread, is what I'm trying to say. It does happen from time to time, which is the reason why these companies send their people out there. But um, as far as, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, all over the industry. Every single person that makes something in China is bad. That's not, that's not true at all. It's yeah, it's, true. It, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very wide brush in which they smear uh, Chinese companies with. And here's some questions I have. Now, I'm not saying that I think workers should be chained up to their workstations, but... Uh, you know, like it, when they do have these chained up workers, where do they go at night? Are they chained 24 <laughs> hours a day to their desk or their workstation or whatever it is? Or do they leave, get get unchained and then leave and go home and then in the morning return in order to get chained back up? Because I'm not saying that I think that's the greatest employment practice. It seems like a bad one to me and it's probably one that I wouldn't accept. But if a person leaves at night and then comes back willingly the next day in order to get chained back up, I say that he's free to do that, and I would assume that his life really, 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 really sucked before this company came along and offered to chain him to a workstation every day, right? Because <laughs> well, that's know what is, it is. It's an offer. What I want to know is they're chained to their desk all day. Do they at least have like a bucket by the desk or something? <laughs> I don't know. Do they uh, they come and un- un- unchain them at uh, lunchtime so that they are you know <laughs> bathroom breaks? Yeah. One last thing on the subject, guys. Um, if it wasn't, for, I really don't believe this. If it wasn't for the, these uh, factories in China, uh, pretty much the price of anything that you could you could you could think of would, would be at least twenty percent more. That, that, yeah, that's abs. How much? How, what was the percentage? Twenty percent. I, I would think it. No, I mean, uh, no, no, at least two hundred percent more. Two hundred. Yeah, I'd yeah, say like, so too. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge difference. It absolutely is, and that was what the intent of the labor laws were in this country in the first place, was to raise the prices on goods and services to the point that people just can't, you know, they can't enjoy all the luxuries that they have. If you enjoy your life the way it is, if you enjoy cheap cell phones, if you enjoy cars that cost less, if you enjoy being able to get things at Walmart, uh, you know, cheaply, well, you have... You know, the people in China, the, you know, the, the the communication that the world has, transportation becoming cheaper, all this stuff has worked together um, to make your life better. Well, and it, the, the Luddites out there really, 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 really want you to not only have an expensive TV, but to have no TV at all. They don't want you to, ha- you know, to be able to buy these things. That way you won't have them so that you live in a cave. Many of these people um, that push that push these uh, sort of this this rhetoric of, oh, my God, the Chinese workers, they're catching dolphins in their nets or whatever it is, whatever the nonsense is they're saying, in fact, think that the combustion engine was the worst thing that ever happened in the 20th century. They want men to graze on grass in the fields. Right. The people that want to uh, force the Chinese workers to be paid more or rather just prevent them from having the jobs in the first place and force all of the products to be manufactured in the United States, they just don't understand economics. I mean, they just don't realize that it, you were saying, Mark, do you like all these products and all this? But another way to look at that is do you like having money in your pocket at the end of the month? 
because having the ability to buy products manufactured in other countries, Pakistan, China, wherever they are, Thailand, allows you to save money when you go to Walmart. You save money, meaning more is in your pocket when you walk out of that store, meaning you can use that money to give to charity or to uh, to buy other things or whatever. And people live in a sort of sheltered world right now. They We give credit to government for a lot of things. We give credit to the government for the fact that we live the lifestyle we live today, when in fact it's it's industry and things have made things possible for yeah. us. The, the, when when in poor countries, uh, if a child is working, it might be so the whole family can eat, and we don't grasp that here. I mean, it, when they're when they're industrialized to the extent where children no longer have to work in order to survive, then you can start talking about how cruel it is for children to work. But I mean, it's I, I don't think we really have a grasp on poverty and and, and just sure. how bad it is in places like India and China and places that have not industrialized. And now their governments are really holding them back from being able to do that and have the sort of economic benefits so, so that they can move on. Yeah. You don't even need to go that far. You can just check out Mexico, and I could go into you know, stories as to why Mexico is so much cheaper to manufacture things, but uh, I think my call has been long enough. But, uh, oh, right, you, you've gonna... got a few more moments if you want to tell us all a little right. more about Mexico. Well, yeah, for instance, in Mexico, uh, if, if a man makes $30,000 in Mexico, you're talking about that's a huge, huge salary. Uh, in, in, uh, oh. We have a, one of our guys that works you know, out, of, out of Mexico, basically. He... Um, he uh, he works as our as our uh, engineer because what the, what our ma- uh, manufacturers in America are essentially doing is buying things sent to Mexico, assembling it in Mexico, sending it to the fi- uh, final destination, whatever warehouse they have, uh, and and then basically you know taking out to the store. So by the time it gets to, to America, it's, you know it's fully built. It's already been resold at least three or four times. So that's the reason. That's another reason why you know you see the price actually uh, start to catch up to what we what we used to be as uh, as being normal. But actually, you know, for instance, like a cell phone, uh, just like an iPhone, for instance, it probably wouldn't cost very much at all to manufacture to, to assemble and put everything together. It's uh, a lot of the things that they come into place as far as, like, the additional prices that they charge you are software, things like that. But as far as, like, the actual product itself, it's extremely cheap to make. <laughs> remote, remote car, car key remote control, for instance, that's going to make a couple of dollars, maybe $3 at, at, at the most. This is a small example. It's, it's a huge difference. Thank you, Cliff, for the call tonight. I appreciate the uh, the inside information and backing up what it was that I said in the last hour, and that is that these American manufacturers that are doing business in China have a big interest in ensuring that they are checking things out over there. They're not just they're not going to use slave labor because they know if they get caught using slave labor, it's curtains for their reputation. They're going to look like slave drivers and who wants to have that reputation nobody does so they check things out they verify that they're dealing with upstanding businessmen over in china and uh, one business is not the same as another there are different people running businesses in china some are probably nicer than others as far as how they treat their there employees. are nicer businesses here than others right. and you know you you hope that people find out about these things and i i think that if uh you know that one of the, the failings of journalism is they spend too much time sucking up to the government and not enough time Chasing after companies that uh, do, the bad guys, you know, yeah. do, do bad stuff and uh, reporting on it, and I, you know, all I can see is that that you know that, that people have, uh, including the you know journalism, uh, you know, we have the journalists to some extent to blame for that. If if they weren't just you know saying whatever the government told them, then well. well 
we you know people would be more well informed about these and, things. And what was John's solution last hour? Last hour he was saying the solution was more laws in China to uh, to allegedly prevent right. these like slave he's control that manufacturers. I mean, are you kidding me? Or How? tariffs and protectionism and things. Or banning like the that, jobs yeah. from going over there in the first place. Right. Right. That's what they really want. They want you. They want the jobs not to leave. Now, what I propose is that America be a free place where people can work freely. Which means that if you're living in China and you don't like the conditions over there, you manage to get on a raft and float your um, butt across the Pacific or welcome. whatever way you get here, yeah. welcome, get to work. That's how it should be. Of course, yep. it's not like that because there are crazy immigration laws that prevent people from coming here who want and to make a better life the for reason, Some of the reason we have immigration laws is because of the stupid welfare laws. Oh, well, we should be obligated to take care of the, uh, the, the, the ne'er-do-wells in our country, but we're, you know, we don't want any new ne'er-do-wells, so you have to stay out. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that we had welfare laws in the first place, we wouldn't have these restrictive immigration laws. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. You want to comment on overseas labor or freedom in general? Whatever you want to talk about goes at 800-259-9231. Plus, coming up, Mark, uh, you're going to tell us about the so-called Wild West. And we'll take your calls about anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those, including the updates. You get signed up, and we'll clue you in whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com, and that is, again, updates.freetalklive.com. Plus, did you know that over 35% of IT admins actually admit to snooping through their boss's email? Shouldn't your business email be secure? PrivacyHarbor.com is an email alternative that's both private and confidential, guaranteed. PrivacyHarbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's PrivacyHarbor.com. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. Going to the amp line and talking to Officer Liberty in Minnesota. Officer Liberty, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, gentlemen. How's everyone doing? Good, sir. Good. What's on your mind tonight? Okay. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the Obama cartoon that everybody's buzzing about. Uh, are you guys familiar with this? I just went and Googled it to find out what you were discussing because I had no idea. It's a couple of cops shooting a monkey. Yeah, that's right. And um, and it says they'll I, have I to find... Sorry, I just this. let me read the, the text here. It says they'll have to find someone else to write the next stimulus bill, and they've just shot a monkey. Yeah, and of course that's a reference to I'm sure everyone heard the lady with her pet chimp. But um, what's the pet chimp? Sorry, it sounds kind of familiar. What, what it was in there? Stamford, Connecticut. Is that right? A woman had a pet chimp yeah. who uh, smoked cigarettes and uh, you know was very normal by all accounts, and then uh, went crazy, right? Yeah, didn't get something supposedly that he wanted, and then he went crazy and mauled some woman, and the cops came out and shot him within the last week. Yeah, but anyway, okay. So, of course, Sharpton and everybody else comes out enraged because, you know, of course, this is racist. But I look at this cartoon, and I hope some of these people that are pissed off are listening tonight. There is no reference to Obama in this cartoon. No. No, and I don't think anyone thinks that he wrote the stimulus bill. Right. Why would is, anyone think Obama, Obama wrote being that? Killed. That's ridiculous. 
Exactly. It's Congress who writes the bill. And anyone that's <laughs> upset about this obviously hasn't been to Civics 101. And it's just ridiculous that Sharpton and Jesse Jackson, I guess this is their job security to create this controversy, to go out and protest in front of the New York Post office is ridiculous. And the New York Post can't of course, came out and apologized, which I think is ridiculous. I'd That's be behind them cowardly. if they gave Sharpton a big F.U., but uh, I just wanted to get that out there and just... Well, all they did was apologize. Things. All they did was apologize to anybody who was um, offended or, you know, felt that it was insensitive or something like that. So They said it, wasn't, know, yeah, it, it wasn't its intent to those who were offended by the image, we apologize. Right. So, it's, so I mean, it's yeah. sort of an empty apology, and it should be an empty apology. Right. And, <laughs> I think that that's sort of the, the direction. If you were offended, I'm sorry. I had no intention of saying that, um, that like, that's not what I meant, and it seems obvious that that's not what I meant, but... You know, I, I I can see where they're coming from on it, but it's essentially a apology. It's clearly a critique of the stimulus bill, it, it, and that is yeah, all. And, and, and a reference to the shot so monkey. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, from the from the that was a, that was the you know a pop media thing. The the monkey, everyone heard. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Officer Liberty. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, that was it. Uh, good show tonight, guys. Keep it up. Thanks for the call, dude. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Sandra in California. Sandra, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Sandra? Oh, I just thought, you know, I heard you guys discuss um, CPS issues once before and thought, what a terrific issue. What a, You guys just handled that quite well. Child well, Protective Services. Oh, uh, yes. Child Protective, well, that's debatable whether or not they're yeah. actually protecting anybody. I agree. What were you calling about tonight? Well, I just thought, you know, it was an important issue and I don't think that it should ever go. Um, I don't think a day should ever go by without actually talking about it. Have you had uh, experience with understand. them? I'm sorry? Have you had experience with them? Oh, yeah, very much so. Can you tell us about um, it? Um, certainly. My son has cystic fibrosis, though I have to say Tell that us about is, cystic fibrosis. I don't know what that is. Cystic fibrosis is a genetic disease. Um, both parents have to carry the disease or have to carry the gene in order for a child to have the disease. Hmm. Um, What's it one do? In 20, you have basically a 25% chance that your children will have it. He's, the severity in the disease ranges from zero symptoms or asymptomatic to severe in death. Um, my son, though, however, I have to say is quite healthy, and he's doing, he's doing very well. Okay. And, and, and pretty much always has. And um, CPS? How'd they get, come, get involved? Well, CPS got involved because my son had gotten strep throat last year, and I took him to the hospital. I had fired a group of, of doctors um, three years previous for, well, I didn't know at the time, but they were overdosing my son on, on some enzymes just seriously overdosing him. Hmm. He was taking Ultris MT12, and he was taking eight of them at a time at three years old um, with every meal and every snack. Does seem and like a lot. I kept calling. Yeah, it, it's, it's an extreme overdose, but they told me that it was completely harmless and that he would be fine and everything was okay, but that didn't happen. His health deteriorated. So anyways, um, last, I took him off of the enzymes with, with the agreement with his pediatrician, and, and a, after I did that, his health started to flourish. He started doing just very, very well. Mm -hmm. But um, last year he got strep throat. It was running around his school. And um, I contacted his doctor several times before I decided to take him to the hospital. And we, we monitored his health and everything was fine. We, he, got, he got the strep throat and then the fever went away and then got it back again, went away again. And I contacted the doctor and we made an appointment for him to go in the following day. But he said, you know, if you feel that you need to take him to the hospital, go ahead and do that tonight. So I, I ended up doing that. And that was in February of last year. I took him to the hospital. I took him to a different hospital out of the county. I took him to L.A. County. 
and um, they asked me why I didn't take him to Orange County, where I live, and I told them that I had fired the doctors. You know, I didn't think that was a big deal, and apparently, I guess they didn't like that too well. So what happened, what ensued after that was uh, a clinical social worker came up to me and said, you know, well, are you refusing all of his medications? And the whole issue became, they asked me why I fired him, and I told them that, you know, he'd gotten sick over this, and they refused to test him. So she said, um, are you refusing his medications? And I said, no, absolutely not. Um, test him, though. If you want to give him that medication again, I need you to test him to make sure he's not allergic to it. At that time, I didn't even know he was being overdosed. It was the doctor at that hospital that had told me he was being overdosed. Mm. And she refused. She said, no, they weren't going to test him. And I said, and then she came in again and said, so are you refusing his medication? I said, no, but I told you, you know, I mean, he was already taking other medications. I brought him there because he had strep throat. It had nothing to do with his cystic fibrosis at all. And I said, I told you, if you want to give it to him, that's fine, but you're going to need to test him first to make sure you know what's going on with him because he had gotten seriously ill. I mean, very, very, very ill. And she refused. And so she came in about it four more times, reiterating the same thing. Are you refusing his medications, refusing his medications? And finally I got pissed off. And I said, you know what, I'm going to tell you something. And I did use an expletive, and I won't, I won't do it. <laughs> I won't okay, do it now. Okay, I appreciate that. <laughs> but I, you know, that's fine. But I told her, I said, you know, if, I'm going to tell you something. If you want to give him the medication and he dies in the next 10 years and you didn't test him, I will sue the blank out of you. <laughs> and probably not the best choice of words because she ended up calling CPS. However, CPS in L.A. County um, found no evidence of abuse or neglect and everything was fine. Um, we were released out of the hospital, but they transferred the case. They closed the case and reported it. They, didn't, they referred it to Orange County um, as a, um, just a follow-up for the doctor's visit to make sure that we followed up for the next doctor's visit. All right, so I'm going to pause you there, and we're going to come back with more. If you can hang on, I'm going to bring you back. Sandra, we'll find out the rest of her story, what happened with her son, cystic fibrosis, uh, conflict in the hospital. CPS called in. They found everything was all right at that time, but what happened next? We'll find out in moments. 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want, whether you want to share a CPS horror story or whatever you want. It's Free Talk Live. Peter Schiff on the economy. We're broke. This is not just a financial crisis. This is an economic collapse. The government is trying to interfere with the free market. All the government can do is create inflation. The government doesn't have any money. They're going to print it. doesn't matter if you get your money out of the bank, but then you take it to the grocery store and you can't buy anything. We're going to die from the cure, not the disease. The change that we need is less government. It's less interference. We're just going to get more of the same, only worse. Schiffbomb.com, February 21st. Paid for by PEAC PAC. Not authorized by any candidate or candidate's committee. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want. Just dial the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And the features, by the way, include the wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com, get interactive. You can edit virtually anything you see there. It's like the listener editable version of our website, wiki.freetalklive.com. Continuing with your phone call, Sandra, still on the line with us, calling from California, talking about your experience with Child Protective Services, as they are called. Uh, However, they are just another awful government bureaucracy, except worse than the average government bureaucracy because they have the power to steal people's children from them if they decide they want to for whatever reason. 
And you were telling us your son has cystic fibrosis. He's uh, fairly young, uh, three or five years old, something very, very young. And he's actually he's actually eight now. He's eight at this point. Okay. Well, you had gone to a hospital and they had been uh, har- harassing you over whether or not you were taking the medication or he was taking the medication. Uh, that the conversation you had with that particular hospital worker resulted in the hospital worker calling CPS on you. CPS then investigated that situation and they found that there was no problem. Is that correct? Yeah, it was unsubstantiated because there because I had taken my son to the doctor. The pediatrician stated that I was a, basically a diligent parent along with his father. We we had done everything. We'd take him to his you know to his visits and whenever he was sick, and we we were just normal parents like anybody else. Got and it. We took care of our children. So I have we have together we have five kids, and our oldest is twenty seven. So he's our, he's our baby. He's our little guy. Um, I really normally don't even discuss my own case because I talk so with so many other parents and over the financial issues and, and how they're railroaded in the system. Mm-hmm. But to make a long story short, um, when I went to court, uh, they wrote it up as though I didn't, I did, I refused to take my son for any treatments or any medical care. When, when, well, let me step back just one second. When they transferred the case to Orange County, um, Orange County. We had already had a, what's called a TDM or a team decision meeting, which is where they discuss where the placement of the child will be if he's not going to go home. And um, I had my fa- my whole family was in there. And um, when the report went into uh, the court the next, which was the next following um, business day, they wrote up in the report that there was no family available and requested confidential foster care. They didn't mention anything about the TDM meeting. They didn't mention anything about family. They didn't mention anything about the L.A. County report, and they, they just said lied. that I had refused to take my son to the hospital for any treatments or, or to the doctor for three years, none of which was true, absolutely none of it. Wow. When, when we went into the courtroom, um, I, you know, one of the biggest things that people don't understand is there is something that they have to take with them when they go into court that very first meeting, that very first court hearing. If they don't do that, they will lose their children. They will. The very first phone call that goes into CPS, it's a cold call to them. It's it's money coming in. Children are their commodity. Yeah. So when they get the call, it doesn't matter whether it's substantiated or unsubstantiated. Their 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 goal is to put that child up for adoption. Hmm. And um, they'll tell you that they're your friend. They'll tell you all kinds of stuff, but that's not their goal. They get very big money for this. Uh, in Orange County, I verified with the uh, board of dire- the, the uh, uh, board of supervisors. The money that I came up with was approximately 112 billion dollars a year, just in my county alone, for detaining children, for taking children into the CPS. Billion system. dollars? Any advice for parents that uh, um, you know in dealing with uh, CPS or HRS, depending on where they are? I mean, from your experience, how would you deal? What you know? What would you different do differently? I find these Good people question. extraordinarily frightening. Um, and well, I'm so scared of them that the idea of one of them driving up my driveway makes me want to get my shotgun and shoot them dead in the driveway. I mean, that's uh, how I well, feel. I'm so scared of them. Well, as you guys know probably quite a bit about uh, your constitutional rights, most people do not. If you state, if you tell them to get off your land, then they need to leave. They're not allowed to take the child without a warrant. I advocate homeschooling. However, my children are not homeschooled. I'll tell you, know, tell you that right now. That doesn't mean that they may not be in the future. 
Um, but they, they generally like to take the children from school, and they do so without mm. warrants. And mm. they, they just, you know, it's easy, it's easy pickup for them. Sure, it's their property. The kids are already on their land. Yes, yeah, your best defense is not allowing them Absolutely. on the property. Exactly. Absolutely. Plus, it's I a talk- good idea to, to not have your kids in government school for a number of reasons, just because the government schools are insane. They're indoctrination. Oh, I can give you a list of reasons for yeah. that as well. They're indoctrination centers, and if they see your, uh, you know, if they, if they determine from your child's behavior at government school that there are there's a problem at home based on his behavior yep. at school. Comes in with a bruise, right. like any other male. Right. Then the you know CPS will be set on you, will be sicked upon you from the government school people. So there are all kinds of reasons for heard, people to keep their kids out of there. I have heard stories of CPS taking a child away because they had a sunburn. So, I mean, they, they will create whatever reason that they wish to do so to take the child because, just as I said, the very first phone call that goes in to CPS, imagine if you owned a business, and this is really what it is. It's a corporate business. It's big business. It's big money. And you own a business, and I don't know, let's say you sell telephones, and somebody calls you up and says, hey, you know, I've got these phones. Automatically, you're going to want those phones. You're going to want those telephones to sell. So you're going to say, you know, yeah, let me come pick them up for for you. And so basically, that's the commodity, and children are the commodity. So the first time a, a person calls in and says, you know, I have a question about this child, they automatically go, okay, great, give me a name and address. Mm-hmm. They get the child. Anywhere, I've heard numbers that were astronomical in fee and how much money they make. How Anywhere hard is six- it? I'm sorry to interrupt, but how hard is it for them to get one of these warrants? I mean, usually it's a rubber stamp thing. If the cops need a warrant for something, they go to the friendly judge. The friendly judge gives them the signature. They get their warrant. How do, is you, it any more difficult for CPS? You might be surprised, actually. Uh, m- the majority of the cases, they do not have warrants. They do not get warrants. They just intimidate. Like most bureaucrats, they just show up and act like well, they're in charge. Well, once they have the child, then they write up the report. They don't, they're supposed to show beyond a you know, preponderance of evidence that the child is in imminent or immediate danger. And, of mm-hmm. course, the most cases, that's, that's not the case. Right. Um, it, it's just they, they'll do whatever they can to take the child. Now, I don't know if, you've, if anybody's ever dealt with bill collectors before. I personally used to be a supervisor of a bill collection company, so I know how that kind of works. And CPS workers are not much different than bill collectors. They don't care what your excuses are. They want the money. And in CPS cases, they don't care what your excuses are. They want your child. So they can get the money. So they can have but the, the difference, Absolutely. of course, is that the CPS people have the violence and the force of the government behind right. them. Right. You they, can just tell a yeah. bill collector, no, 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 no. Right. Yeah. CPS right. will take your kid. And their, recourse is, and their recourse is to say, okay, fine, we'll put it on your credit report. And then, you know, at some point when you decide you want to buy a car or a house, then guess what? You've got to pay them off anyway, and somebody's going to get paid. So, but, yeah, absolutely, there is a big difference. There's absolutely a big difference. CPS workers are not trained to, they're not psychologists. However, they play psychology in <laughs> yeah. court. They diagnose people. And well, let me just explain a little tidbit of how they feel so safe and secure. When I went to court, I had a public defender. Um, I contacted over 450 attorneys who said, absolutely not. We will not go into dependency court. It's a good old boys network, and we will not ever win. That's why the uh, retainer fees for these are, are absolutely crazy. They're anywhere from, you know, I've gone from $5,000, somebody says they would do it, to up to $20,000 retainer fee. Most people a don't lot have of people that. They don't yeah, even a lot of people file. just don't have that. Right. But the public defender came to me, and I told him, I said, listen, these are all bogus, and I can prove it. And he said, yeah, 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 I hear that all the time. 
He goes, I'll tell you what, you plea in this case and he'll go home with his father. But if you don't plea in this case, he will go into a foster home today. And I said, well, I heard that they're seven to ten times more likely to die. Is that true? And he said, yes, it is. That's your choice. Wow. Well, as a parent, what are you going to do? You don't have time to make that decision. You're trying to protect your child's life. Of yeah. course I was going to plea. Little did I know that he, he, I didn't know what pleading no contest meant. He pled no contest. That means basically you're a three-month-old child and you can never redress it. You can't claim duress. You can't claim uh, anything. It's, it's done. You can't appeal it. You're, it's a done deal. It's Sandra, do you have a website? Do you have an organization that uh, you're working with on this? Well, I do have a Facebook, and it's, um, my name is Sandra Amy, A-M-I, and I also have a website. It's uh, amiably me, A-M-I-A-B-L-Y-M-E. Thank you, Sandra. we got to go. More on the way. Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Hey, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, dozens of categories in which to shop, including used items as well, uh, you can help us out and help yourself by going to amazon.freetalklive.com. So let's talk, Mark, about the so-called Wild West. Was it as wild as some would have you believe? Well, just by the way you're phrasing it, I suspect not. That's what I expect, but I haven't read the article. So, right. so this is from uh, the Minneapolis Examiner. Um, and these are interesting times in the fight to protect and enhance your rights as gun owners. In Wisconsin, we stand on the eve of an historic ruling regarding open carry. In Texas, South Carolina, Oklahoma, and Arkansas... Local activists have succeeded in making their voices heard regarding restoring open carry to these otherwise gun-friendly states. With all this pro-gun activity, it should come as little surprise that the anti-gun forces are out there in force repeating their aged mantra, This isn't the Wild West, boys. And this rhetoric is not limited to anti-gunners. Recently, I was quoted in a USA Today article about an open carry initiatives around the country and... In that article, Texas Senator Jeff Whitworth, Republican, a supposed pro-gun legislator, denounced open carry, saying, I think that that's hearkening too far back to the wild, wild west. west. Right. Uh, by the way, um, New Hampshire, Vermont, right here, open carry is legal, and I'd say largely people don't do it, but what's the big deal? Somebody carrying a gun on their hip. I've seen all kinds of people walking around with them, going into restaurants. and It really you know, only seems to their... bother the mass holes up here. Yeah, yeah it does. It, 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 it does bother the people from Massachusetts. Um, with all this talk of the Wild West, I thought it might be informative to look at the reality of crime in the Wild West cattle towns and compare them to peaceful streets of such urban, gun-controlled paradises as D.C., New, New York, York City, Baltimore, <laughs> and Newark. Oh, yeah, there you go. In his book, Frontier Violence, Another Look, author Gene Holland provides these astonishing facts. In Abilene, Ellsworth, Wichita, Dodge City, and Caldwell for the years from 1870 to 1885, 
Sound like pretty wild west times to you? 1870 so. to 1885, that's 15 years. Sounds like they're taking a big, you know, big span of time there, and that sounds like wild west times to me. There were 45 total homicides. That was five towns I just listed off to you. Okay. Dodge City, Wichita, Caldwell, Ellsworth, and Abilene. And weren't those the big... I mean, Dodge City sounds like one of Dodge the bigger City ones, Dodge City does, right? too. Wichita does, too. Uh, does yeah. to me. Yeah, I, I don't know much about this stuff, but it's Dodge City, right? Yeah. This equates to a rate of approximately one murder per 100,000 residents per year. Okay. So you got one murder, 100,000 residents per year. So, so they're 15 years, 45 murders over 15 years across five, uh, five towns. Right. Five cities. Amounting uh, to one per 100,000. Got it. In Abilene, supposedly one of the wildest cow towns, not a single person was killed. Wait, from... were they all gun murders? It doesn't say. doesn't make that clear. No. In Abilene, supposedly, these are just murders. So one of the wildest gun towns, not a single person was killed in 1869 or 1870. Now, these towns aren't as big as uh, some of the ones that we're going to look, look at here, but it's just an interesting fact thrown in. The, the important number here is one for every 100,000. Right. In these, in these five towns combined over a 15-year period. One murder, which could have been a knife. Could have it, been. It could have been. Who knows? Zooming forward... Us over a century to 2007, where we're so much more civilized, a quick look at the Uniform Crime Report statistics shows us the following regarding the aforementioned gun control paradise cities of the East. Now, they're taking one year, 2007, and they're picking, you know, some, what I would consider some pretty nasty towns. New York. Right. These are DC, places where you can't carry a weapon. Baltimore, Newark. Um, right. That's their criteria. First off, it has to be, you know, a big, it has to be a big city, and, and mainly big cities are the ones that have the, you know, the no-carry um, sort of rules. So here we go. Per 100,000 residents, New York, six times as many murders mm. as those five cow towns over 15 years. The, the 15 years... They're just uh, you know, taking an average of the 15 years, and then they're looking specifically at 2007 for New York. So six times the number, six per 100,000. Going on to D.C., 31 oh my gosh. per 100,000 residents. Newark, 37. What about Baltimore? They didn't do that one, though, did they? They did Baltimore. They did Baltimore. And as I've told Last you but not least. many, many, many times, you're, you're under the impression that New Jersey sucks. Baltimore is the worst. It's 45. The it's yeah. the murder capital wow. of America. Uh, probably Puerto Rico, uh, San Juan, but not really. Yeah. Not really America. Not, most Americans would mm. agree with you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, forty-five. Per, that's forty-five times as many murders as the Wild West in Baltimore as the Wild West. If you took the mild, these, mild West, right? That's what if, I like yeah. to call it. If you took um, you know these towns and uh, averaged them out, even with New York at six compared to forty-five, you'd still come up with some number. You know, 10 or 15 times as many murders in these gun-controlled towns. These places are dangerous, and having people unarmed is dangerous. Duels in the street? I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, obviously, maybe they don't count the duels in these since it's not a murder, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the rules are. I don't know if duels would have been counted in 1869 or not, but... What a lot of people don't know about duels, too, is that a lot of them are resolved before it came down to fighting. A, and most, a duel would be challenged, and then there would be some sort of, usually a peaceful resolution before it actually came down to the actual duel. Yeah, and <laughs> many people didn't die in duels. 
Right. Yeah, but most most duels fought people. Didn't Another know. thing they didn't know is in the West that uh, the government was almost non-existent there. Oh yeah. I mean, it was the the reach of government was not out there yet, and there were really good property rights being protected by private agencies and yep. things like that. It was uh, a, a small little taste of uh, of uh, voluntarism. Right. Because people, um, the, the only thing they they couldn't afford to fence their land. They just had too much land out there in the West, and so they needed some way to protect their claim, as it were, and they they needed these you know sort of private agencies the uh the you know the town historical records hall hadn't shown up yet so they needed yeah. somebody to decide what their land was and you know where it was and you know even the surveying wasn't even that great but you know they, they prefer to they have had. some protection than none and and they had it yeah it worked pretty well for them at the time with no, with no government reach there yeah finishing the article up real quick it says it doesn't take an advanced degree in statistics to see that a return to the wild west levels of uh, violent crime would be a huge improvement for residents of these cities, the truth of the matter is the Wild West isn't wild at all, not compared to a Saturday night in Newark. Interesting observations. I think a lot of people are, are certainly th- their view of the West or the so-called Wild West is tainted by popular culture, sure tainted by the movies. I mean, who well, wants to make a two-hour film about uh, somebody sitting around uh, mining, you know, digging for gold or or uh, building a house? Farming or, and that kind of thing. Right. I mean, that's well, what most of that stuff was. That's mostly what was going on. People just living the, out their lives. It's the same phenomena that um, happens in the prison, prison movies and, and uh, the HBO Oz. I think that, I don't know if it's still produced or whatever, but... Yeah, to make it look like there's just murders going on every I, day, I saw a promo for, for Oz and, and um, or something like that, and I, I, yes, many of the things that they were showing happened in prisons I was in, but I was in prison for eight and a half years, right. so to show those things as though they happened all in the course of a day or a week is absolutely disingenuous. You know, I mean, I the vast majority of the time I was entirely safe. There were moments punctuated, you know, that uh, seemed very, very unsafe, uh, having, uh, you know, half, half dozen or more uh, Cuban guys around you with homemade knives ready to stick them in you. That wasn't great. But considering <laughs> that you were spending nine years of your life around the, you know, some of the least desirable people to spend time around, you were relatively safe, all things considered. All things considered. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up what you want, Dan, in Illinois. Dan, you're on Free Talk Live. Dan, Illinois, going once. Dan in Illinois, going twice. Thanks for the call. So, uh, since we're talking about the West, how about favorite movies, favorite Westerns? Legends of the Fall. It's not really a Western, but it reminds Brad, me of Brad it. Pitt? Shouldn't yeah, Legends be? of the Fall is a very libertarian movie. I'm sorry. I just had to bring that toss. I was thinking of it is when you were talking. Is that a love talking. story? Is that a love story? No, or no, that's, uh, that's Breakback really. Back Mountain where you can see Heath Ledger uh, tongue kissing some other guy. <laughs> I haven't seen hey, that I didn't one bring yet. that up. Does that okay. bother you? To <laughs> what? See, the, see two guys tongue kissing on the, the movie screen? Why, Why would, would that bother, bother me? I'm just asking. It bothers me seeing straight people <laughs> kissing on the screen. No, no. I'm just <laughs> Only a little. No. Does it really? Does it make you feel kind of weird? It depends. Sometimes kiss? it's a little gross. <laughs> gotcha. What about you, Mark? Favorite uh, favorite Western? Uh, I, You know... I can't. Uh, I guess I, I liked uh, Tombstone. Oh, I, that's a fine film. I really did enjoy. Oh, it's uh, very anti-gun. How so? Oh, because they. Um, that was the whole thing. Was they came into town with guns and then they. You know. I'm just saying I enjoyed the film. I'm not. You know, there's, <laughs> there's know, not going to be many movies that I enjoy the politics of. I just uh, I thought that you uh, like the uh, politics of Legends of the Fall. Okay, <laughs> Val Kilmer I thought was awesome um, playing uh, Doc Holliday. I he, he was just such a convincing gunfighter, and you could just. I, like, like, 
feel palpably how fast he was. He did like, such a great job. I like the uh, Man with No Name trilogy. Of course, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Uh, another great classic. Yep. All right. Now we are out of time. It has been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Returning tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Don't forget to visit anarchyinyourhead.com for Dale's upcoming comic tonight. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.